You're listening to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 273. On today's show, we are going to meet a whole bunch of awesome patrons of Beyond Synth. As you know, Beyond Synth is supported by uh, awesome people on Patreon and on PayPal. And every so often, I like to have those people on the show to get to know them. And that's what we're going to do today. Now, I recorded these last year. So for the most part, I think they're all still fine, except in the chat you hear with the Buchelman sisters. Uh, they do mention Thanksgiving, if that <laughs> gives you an idea of when these were recorded. But uh, the point is, uh, it's a lot of fun, and we have a ton of music to play today. So we're just going to get right to it and get right to the chats, okay? So let's get started with this awesome track from Alistair. That's A-L-I-S-S-T-E-R. There's two S's. Uh, this is a cool one. This is Run. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, the Kings of the Pattersons. You know their names. There's John Masari, Robert D. Bishop, Chris Dance, and Mike Shima. You guys are amazing. Now listen to this cool song. This is Run by Alistair.
All right, that was Alistair with the track Run. And I've got a whole bunch of awesome uh, music for you guys today. This might be the most tracks I've ever played in an episode before. Uh, so tune in uh, or, <laughs> or just keep listening because there's uh, lots of cool tunes on the way. And that, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Jose Arbello, the King of Hell, Mike Erdahl. We're going to have to come up with a nickname for you, uh, Erdahl. What about uh, the Erdmeister? <laughs> I get all my cues of coming up with people's nicknames from the 90s. Uh, okay, well, we'll think of something. And, of course, Jacob Wick, my semi-sonic friend, and the very cool city hunter. So let's get this thing started and meet some patrons. So we are going to chat right now with the Buchelman sisters. All right. Well, I'm here right now. We're doing another Meet the Patrons, and we got two for the price of one here. We got the Buchelman sisters, Sarah and Rachel. Hi. (laughs) Hi. This is Rachel. We sound exactly the same. Maybe not exactly the same, but... Yeah, so thankfully, uh, (laughs) your microphones are of varying qualities, so hopefully that's how people will be able to tell you guys apart. Yeah, probably. I feel like I just did that quiz thing with Mike on Andy's spaceship. What's the... It's it's fraternal twins and identical twins, right? Right, yeah. So you are identical twins? No. You are fraternal Uh, twins? We're we're fraternal. So, like, similar to Mary-Kate and Ashley... We look extremely alike, but we're fraternal. Because, like, actually, if they're identical twins, usually one twin steals more, like, blood and resources from the mom. Mm. And so usually there's, like, a runt and then one who's, like, hale and hearty. So Possibly, like, like Ashton Kutcher and his twin brother. Probably, like, that situation. I think they might be identical. Yeah, I think so. He is a twin brother? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of illustrates the point a little bit. Wait, so which one of you absorbed the other one's blood? <laughs> no, we're no, fraternal, no. so we're fine. Yeah. Oh, I we see. Got I see. So, okay, equal okay. resources. Right. Okay. So it's it. We're talking about the identical twin thing. Yes. Yeah. But I've seen exactly. some pretty sturdy identical twins. Yeah. Where they're just two handsome guys. <laughs> But how did you know they were identical? I, I think they were identical. I think there was there were some twins in my school. There was these twins, and the girls liked them. They were like handsome guys. <laughs> we, we, we didn't have any female twins, or did we? Oh no, we did. They that was an interesting one because they were both mentally challenged. Oh yeah, there's like these twin girls who were. Oh uh, no, no, there was other twins. Never mind. What am I talking about? <laughs> Don't listen to me. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the point is. That uh, you guys are uh, awesome Patreon supporters. Now, was it Sarah I met before doing a live stream? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Skyped. I remember. Yeah, that was me. But I thought you were going to say, like, who listened first? And that was not me. That was Rachel. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, I do like to ask people, like, how they stumble upon the show. But I think your story is because I spammed your Twitter. So, like, I don't think it's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, you just randomly, like, followed me. And I was like, what is this? Synthwave? Okay. And I was like instantly on board. And I think the first episode I listened to was the um, Mortal Kombat composer guy. Right. That was pretty yeah. interesting. So. That's interesting that it soundtracks for both of our first because um, DAD talking about the Cobra Kai working on that show, that was my first episode that I listened to. Ah, that's very interesting because he is the guest on uh, episode three of Andy's Spaceship. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Back when uh, Twitter was. Uh, 
Well, I guess it is a wasteland now. I'm trying to think. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. there was that point where you could just. Uh, I paid for a service where I could like follow, you know, like a hundred people a day or something stupid, yeah. and then use keywords to try and like target people. And I wonder, I wonder what I tweeted or like expressed interest in that it was like ah. I mean, I guess it. Like, it did technically work, but the actual percentage of hits versus... Like, I probably spent, like, an hour a day because Twitter, you couldn't do it automatically. Like, they had sort of safeguards, so I had to do things like... I had to manually click, like, a thousand times, follow, follow, follow. So then I I made, like, a bot. Because on Mac, you can, like, record your key presses and then play them back. So I had to play back, like, a thousand clicks. And so what ended up happening was, honestly, I just followed thousands of horrible people... (laughs) (laughs) And then occasionally it would be like one out of every like 10,000 would be like, hey, I'll check out your show. Like it like the the return on investment was horrible. Uh And then most of them turned out because I was back, you know, before there was I mean, not that they really monitor Twitter now, but like you ended up I followed a lot of fucking porn and Nazis, (laughs) like actual ones. And it was just like it was so disappointing all the time where I would just see the people I followed and it's like, oh, no, like this is awful. (laughs) Like, yeah. yeah, but yeah. So, so uh, that's it. <laughs> Good. Anyway, so I stopped doing that years ago. But uh, anyway, the point is, it worked. I got a listener from it, Rachel Buchelman. Yay! You got two Excellent. Pattersons out of it <laughs> eventually. Wait, so if you guys are fraternal twins, uh-huh. probably should have had a follow up to that. <laughs> yeah, was there a question? <laughs> yeah. How about this? We'll get to know the Buchelman sisters. Do you resent the fact that I've had you both on at the same time? I just realized, is this like a thing people do to you? I mean, like, not. I don't resent it, but yeah, this is a familiar situation. But you've had Rachel on the show before in one of these type of segments, like, a while back already. And I was insanely jealous when that happened for no good reason, except that <laughs> I wanted to be on the show. <laughs> that's right. Like oh, that's included. right. Right, because we talked about analyzing shit. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so then, so maybe we don't have to hear from you at all. <laughs> no, no. <Goodbye>. Click. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm not as much of a dink as I thought I was because I, I was like, okay, good. Because I was confused because I'm like, I know you were on a live stream once, but then I was thinking back. Now I'm like, yeah, but I feel like I know biographical information about this person. I'm trying to think of why, and I'm like, oh, this is what happens when you make 260 episodes of a thing. Sometimes you forget things you've done. Yeah. So the information's here. I pointed to my head just now. (laughs) Good. Sorry. Podcast. Audio medium. Yes. Speaking of which, let's listen to some music. I got a cool one here from Watch Out for Snakes. That's right. He's a cool guy. He makes cool music. I watched a little fun video the other day on Instagram where he was like playing all the instruments and then it was like multiple of him on the screen and uh, it made me happy. So let's listen. Uh, It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, there's Hugh Hefner in the 2666 Club and uh, in the $25 Club, we got Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt and Newmark who we're going to be meeting later in the show. So in the meantime, uh, check out this track. This is Watch Out for Snakes with Fight Those Invisible Ninjas.
right, that was Fight Those Invisible Ninjas by Watch Out for Snakes. That's a cool track, and that was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. We're talking about Alex Seligson, Neverman, Eurobeat Intensifies, and A Star Apart. And I'm back here right now with the Buchelman Sisters, uh, patrons extraordinaire. Wow. Yeah, you're extraordinary patrons, right? So we've just established that Rachel has already been on the show before. Mm -hmm. So now let's learn a bit about Sarah, who is... Are you doing it now in in the in the age of COVID? You were in the library, right? Wasn't that your thing? Yes. Yeah, I am a library worker. Librarian is a professional title that I don't hold. So if you ever wanted to know that small detail. Wait, 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 what? You don't hold it? I don't have a master's in library science or information science or anything like that. I'm a library worker, not a librarian. Hmm. Let's uh, let's rewind to where you mentioned library science. Oh, well, you go to, a, <laughs> I think they just call it library school. <laughs> what? You can do that mostly online for the most part. So I could do that from my job while still being full-time, which sounds crazy. And then, yeah, you get your master's in some sort of area of library science, and then you're a librarian. What? I mean, this has probably been formalized in the last few decades. Like, it probably didn't used to be like that, but credential inflation and all that good stuff. Okay, so I do not want this question to come across as condescending, but what does a librarian need to know? (laughs) I think that, well, <laughs> did you ever learn, like, theory? You took take theory classes and shit when you were in film school? Yeah, but, but it was weird because we would take a theory class and all we'd learn about is the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm. Uh, yeah, so all the, all the high-minded, hoity-toity theory and practices and trying to, like, have ethics in your profession, all those classes, that's what getting the degree. <laughs> like the fall. ethics, like when a kid comes in and asks you for a science textbook, don't hand them a Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little more sophisticated than that, but close enough. Mm. Okay. The whole point about this is that you don't even have this. Yes. So you didn't want to know. You said, no, I'm going to hand a kid that Playboy. <laughs> yes. When I, someone I, asks me for a book, I'm literally going to give them the wrong book on purpose because I never took that <laughs> ethics class. Yes, I knowingly rejected all those ethics and uh, of the profession and all that good stuff. And so I just got a job working in a library instead, apparently sowing chaos, as, <laughs> as you described. Right. But yeah, I'm really lucky this year I don't work with the public. I sit in the back of the library and put stickers on the books and barcode it and RFID tag them and all that fun stuff like I don't have to interact with the public for that so so I w- I've been working since we've done like quote stage one reopening I've been back to work since I think mid-June or early June so and then uh, how about you Rachel like during COVID times has that affected the the stuff that you do no not really uh I just I I'm still working in the lab and I'm not on COVID duty so 
that means I'm just kind of holding down the fort, still doing like foodborne stuff. But now that like people aren't going to restaurants and like gathering, there aren't like big outbreaks and stuff. I mean, there was like an onion outbreak over the summer. Yes. And I think it, it was in Canada too. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We don't onion recall. Yep. Yep. And that was, that was basically it. And then now that it's cold, like you're not eating like picnic potato salad or whatever and like getting sick. Right. So if I remember correctly, uh, I'm going to see if I remember correctly. So people who are sick or whatever, they send like kind of samples, <laughs> stool samples to your <laughs> yep. lab where you like put it in and do like bacterial cultural things to find out what the sickness is. Is that? Yep. Well, usually we know what it is. It's like a referral from the hospitals. So like they've already tested it and they're like treating the patient and stuff. Right. But they just like send some of that our way and then to confirm is it does that does that then like inform them on on medication to give the people like they confirm oh you you have fucking you know onion itis (laughs) (laughs) um no they're like we're a surveillance lab not a diagnostic lab so they oh so you go there's been 700 cases of onion itis right yeah so like and we actually like put a disclaimer on like our lab reports like you can't use these results like for patient treatment, basically. Like, a lot of stuff we do, I mean, it is, like, validated in our lab and stuff, but it doesn't really matter if you have onionitis or, like, romaine lettuceitis. Like, you're pretty much going to treat it the same. So it's the the information from your lab is used to inform recalls and stuff? Like, would they go, oh, yeah. we can confirm that there have been 400 cases of onionitis, which means there's something wrong with the onions? Yeah, exactly. So, like, we have the lab. It's like a, a three-legged stool, basically, is what they call it. Um, so there's, like, environmental inspectors. So there's people who actually, like, go to grocery stores and, like, mystery shop and then test the food Mm. and then there's epidemiologists who once they like find out that there's a case at the hospital they like call you and ask you like do you remember what you ate blah 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 and then i do like uh sequencing like genetic sequencing um and then we can analyze those and find similarities and stuff and it'll be like oh these five people all eat onions and their stuff looks the same it's probably the onions so it's like tracking and tracing but for food instead of viruses right yeah okay so there's no like hey this guy's got like the covid shits or something like that's not a thing (laughs) no (laughs) no but i have heard like some places are testing like wastewater to kind of like keep an eye on like environmental level covid and stuff and so they the viral loads like really high in your town or whatever they can test the wastewater and then find out like Oh, this is the probable case count. Right. Because not all those people are getting tested and stuff, so. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else is cool. Is it music? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's listen to another track here. I got one from D-Noise. We're going to be chatting with him in a few weeks because uh, I recorded an interview with him, and he makes really cool tracks uh, like the one we're about to hear. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Well, there's Honeybeard, Johnny Five, Monkey Magics, and Tim Carlton, although I've just been informed that Tim Carlton has upgraded his support.
That's right. So technically, Tim Carlton is in the $50 Club, or the Knights of Synth, as it's called, which means I should have read his name earlier. <laughs> but thank you so much, Tim Carlton. You're a cool guy, obviously, and uh, your support is awesome. So thank you for upgrading your support. I hope you enjoy this track from D-Noise. This is Journey to the Star. And that was Journey to the Star by D-Noise. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Kempson, Kenjiru, Martin Larby, and Blake Peterson. And I am back here with the Buchelman sisters, patrons, who, although they are fraternal twins, <laughs> Sarah and Rachel, they are, they do donate the same amount of money. And I feel like you're in like some weird like competition with each other. <laughs> No, it's it's just our birth year, basically. Yeah. So. But we oh, did gotcha. vary the amounts at different times. I think earlier we were both $5, and then I increased it to 10 first and yeah well i'm very very appreciative to all you people you know i uh, the, the, the light the lights would turn off that's what <laughs> it's would totally worth it like yeah. like the joy that the show brings 
I would I would say it's worth it. Yeah, oh, for like because sure. there's so much like to be depressed about, but then your show is like a, a light in the darkness, basically. Well, that's nice. I have to technically do it for myself as well because I uh, it's not like an act, but uh, it does also help to keep myself busy and have something to do. Maybe that's why I'm going crazy and making a puppet show. I don't really sort of <laughs> put this together here, but. Uh, Anyway, so what have you guys been doing for fun, man? What's been going on? Do you guys like play games together and stuff? Are you like close? You're close, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. we're super close. Like we live about 15, 20 minutes apart. And then I, we're kind of in each other's bubble, basically, because I don't go anywhere except for work. So sure. I figure it's safe to hang out. But yeah, we used to be in a D&D group, but that's kind of been put on hold you're not trying to do it online no i don't know i like all the video like conferencing stuff i can't really stand it like zoom and skype and stuff i don't know it seems like a lot more work than not i don't know than like in person or audio only yeah i don't like being on video (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know how that would really work like i mean i don't mind online gaming although i haven't had time to really but i guess you don't also have to zoom yourself as well like it's just your voice right yeah i don't know to be honest with you i haven't even done any of those group zoom calls it's never been required of me yeah me neither oh i i do them from work because like we're part of like a mountain state region for like our foodborne outbreak stuff like so there's all 50 states and then they break them out into regions Hmm. and it's like oh hey you guys are geographically close maybe you can like share resources and blah 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 and so i i'm on zoom calls with like colorado wyoming montana texas so you say colorado Mm -hmm. i kind of say it both ways i don't know like (laughs) i heard a lot of people say colorado and i don't Nah. Is this like a Mario Mario thing? <laughs> yeah, but you do have to say Nevada, though, not Nevada. Nevada. What do I say? Nevada. Nevada. I it's, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever needed to say it, so I don't know how I say it. <laughs> well, I need okay. to yeah, say Mario every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Like people in the East say Mario. It, it's weird to me. Yeah, and the thing um, is, when I was young, like. And even now, there's certain situations where I will still, I, I interchange them. That's weird. Like, sometimes I'll say Super Mario and then say <laughs> Mario Kart, like, <laughs> in, in like, the same span of time. And it's just weird the way that, and whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, the games have different titles. Like, they're spelled different or something. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's, it's stupid to discuss now because, I mean, it is Mario. Like, I mean, they say Mario in the game and he calls himself Super. But Mario, like, so he <laughs> says Mario, so there's no yeah. way we can really argue about it now, but... Right. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, that's, that's what he does. I was playing Mario Sunshine on the uh, HD remake, and then, you know, Prin- and Princess Peach, mm. you know, at the beginning of every game, like the new ones, it's always like, I've baked... Hey, Mario, I baked a peach for you, or whatever. <laughs> I, baked I baked a peach? A peach. Or, no, I baked a cake for you. <laughs> oh. And that, my friends, is a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> I baked a peach for you. Yeah. Wow, wow. Good job. Anyway, do you do like game nights? Do you like board games? You guys are into nerdy shit. Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really done that though. Like, I don't know. We just kind of hang out and uh, we've been doing some DIY hair styling yeah, we and just color dyed each other's hair. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> I've cut yeah. my own hair a few times since uh, I'm actually getting okay at it. Yeah, I've been doing it for like a decade, so I, I was all caught up on the hair cutting before this happened. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a fun thing to do. I mean, like I don't think I haven't seen too many imperfections in mine. Like, 
I mean, if you watched any recent video, like that's, I trim the sides in the back, you know, like with the clippers, mm-hmm. and then I go in a different length to try and taper it in a bit, and then I use the uh, thinning shears at the sides to sort of like blend it Mm. and like I get it okay like I think the main fuck up that people do when they try and cut their own hair which I mean I made this mistake like so many times when I was younger is you just can't fuck with the bangs too much Mm. that's when people know you did something wrong it's like when you (laughs) cut your bangs so like so I try and keep my bangs as long as possible. I mean, I, I guess I don't, I shouldn't really call them bangs. Well, they're bangs. It's like the front of my hair. So like I just sort of straighten them mm. and then I cut everything else, but I leave the front so I can still like do like the comey thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not what it's called. <laughs> the comey thing. The comey thing. Yeah, with a comb, I mean. Yeah. Not the, <laughs> the, anyway, uh, so that's really like the main giveaway is like you cut your bangs, you cut them too short, and then you, you look like a goof. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. Well, and and dude's hair is a lot harder because you have, like, so many lengths and stuff, whereas, like, my hair is mostly one length. So then if I fuck up, it's just like, oh, yeah, I meant to do layers. Right. And you can just kind of say that. (laughs) And no one can argue with you. Yeah. But, like, with dude's hair, like, like, I have been cutting my husband's hair. And the really hard thing is not to get those, like, ridges, like, where you change the the clipper lengths or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I have like a razor, like thinner thing, and then I just kind of blend that in. So, yeah, it's all but about yeah. the damn, the thinning shears. That's like the mm-hmm. magic. Because when I was looking, researching it, and there's all these videos of people like, you don't want to cut your hair with thinning shears. But I think it, like people think they can just like, just run it through their hair and they'll get a haircut. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. they do kind of do magic to blend those two lengths. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the haircut takes way longer than if a hairdresser did it because I have to keep going like chop, chop, chop. And then I look in the mirror and go like, did I fuck it up? I can go a bit more. Chop, chop, chop. And I got to keep doing that and like checking and chopping and checking and chopping with like, and then this is probably interesting to no one. <laughs> <laughs> Haircutting tips with Andy Lass. Yeah, this is more again. This is more of a visual thing. I think people should actually see what it looks like. Um, anyway, look. How about this? Let's listen to another track, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll chat uh, a bit longer here, and then and then we'll uh, kick you guys to the curb, as the expression goes <laughs> that I do to all the people who uh, graciously donate money to the show. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> I'm a very respectful guy. Yep. All right, here's a cool track. Uh, this is from A Rice, uh, A hyphen R E I S. It's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Forged in Neon with the 2049. Ooh, she's officially changed her name. Now she's just Forged in Neon. Uh, so go check out the Forged in Neon blog. And then, of course, there's Chatterack with the 20. And, of course, with the 1986, it's Jizz Whaler. All right, so now look, let's listen to this song and then we'll keep chatting with the Buchelman sisters. This is A Rice with Heat Breeze.
All right, and that was A Rice. A hyphen R E I S. I'm assuming it's pronounced Rice. Maybe it's A Reese. The E I sound in English can be pronounced many different ways, but I don't think this artist is English, so uh, who knows? Maybe someone can let me know. But that was A Rice with the track Heat Breeze, and that was cool. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Hey, we're talking to them right now the Buchelman sisters in the 1985 Club, Sarah and Rachel Buchelman. And that's pretty cool coincidence because we are chatting to them right now the uh, the fraternal twi- no fraternal I was about to say fraternal twins uh, wait is that what it's called or is yes, it called fraternal yeah. oh it is a fraternal twin yes so twin is just born at the same time yeah, yeah. And then fraternal and identical just is what you guys look like. It's not looks. It's about genetics and what happens in the womb. But I see. I, I don't believe in DNA. That's a hoax by the fucking <laughs> International Monetary Fund. I don't believe it. Right. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, course. go on. <laughs> well, I just <laughs> I don't know if it's actually interesting, but. Uh, identical twins is when a fertilized egg splits and somehow becomes two zygotes and two embryos and it goes from there and they share one amniotic sac and that's why there's that. <laughs> there's lots of funny words here. We got zygote, we got sac. <laughs> exactly. And that, that's why you get the weird eating your twin in the womb and uneven, unequal distribution of resources. And then fraternal is when two separate eggs get fertilized and they each have their own amniotic sac and that's the more equal sharing and we're genetically like just regular full siblings but we just look alike right anyway so from that i gathered that there is a zygote and a sac (laughs) yes exactly well there's two there were two so two zygotes (laughs) nice Sure. <laughs> uh, that's good. So, you guys got any? Uh, is it a weird question to ask people that they have plans right now? I feel like that's always like what, where I, my yeah. my questioning goes, and I'm like, so you got any plans for when uh, the country's locked down again? Uh, <laughs> I plan to stay inside, buy an Xbox. Yeah. So, as of recording, next week is American Thanksgiving, and Rachel and I and our two respective partners. So just for a total of four people, because we're basically in each other's pods anyway. Yeah. Since Rachel and I hang out so much. So that's it. It's going to be a much smaller affair than normal. It'll be low key. I still want to eat a bunch of food, but having to make it all myself sounds awful. Like when I'm used to my mom and grandma doing a lot of the work. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll, I'll work the day before and the day after, if, unless I take time off. I don't have time to cook. I've only ever cooked a turkey once. <laughs> One time. And it was fine. Like, it's it's not super complicated, but I, I can't do any of the other stuff. And one of the things I'm horrible at is timing. It's like I cannot make all the things warm at the same time. Uh-huh. Like, that's something I've never been good at with any meals I make. Like, you know, other people just are good at like, oh, these things, they sort of stay on the stove warm. And so, like, when they put the vegetables on the plate, like, they're the warm and the potatoes are warm and the meat's warm. And, like, mm-hmm. whenever I cook, it's like, one of these things will be warm. <laughs> and usually I just try and make it that it's the meat because that's right. the best part yeah mm. yeah but i have to say though turkey's kind of it's kind of the 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 lame meat i don't know because like the breast always seems to get dry mm. and then 
I'm a, I'm a dark meat person all the way. Gravy. Because it usually has more flavor. Gravy. Yeah. Just douse yeah, the gravy on good. that thing and then... That's what I do. Yeah, every meat I cook always ends up dry because I've always been paranoid about uh, salmonella. Ah, uh, yeah. Because I think w- when I first started cooking, like when I f- like kind of got away from home and finally really started like cooking for myself, was right around the time where like salmonella just became this big thing that everyone talked about. You know, every commercial mm. was a fucking Lysol wipe <laughs> wiping away a blob of chicken juice like off the counter. Like, every commercial was that. Just like, this gets rid of 99.9%. And we'd always make fun of, like, what about that 0.1% you fucking idiot? Whatever. And, like, <laughs> and so so then ever since then, I've just always been so paranoid about preparing meat. So I fucking cook the shit out of everything. And so it's always, mm-hmm. it's never good. <laughs> but I'm, the, I'm so sorry yeah i pretty much like fry everything like even like i'll like i'll be like frying up like chicken in the pan but it ends up becoming like fried chicken by the time it's finished because like i just don't you know i, I cook it for too long ah. hmm. you should get a meat thermometer like that's that's oh. game changer right there <laughs> hey, <laughs> we've got yeah, we've got like two. I didn't even need to instant. say the joke. You just need to do the actual, just the do intonation the of the voice. I'm like, you get the joke. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about dicks. Oh. I apologize. Yeah. Dicks are a game changer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> In this economy. So. <laughs> So, yeah, okay, so then you guys are going to have a nice Thanksgiving. This will probably air months after that. (laughs) So I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, as I'm saying this in January 2021. (laughs) I think think the listeners will not be surprised to hear that sort of thing. (laughs) My scheduling is terrible. I'm trying to do this podcast. I'm trying to make a puppet show, man, which requires a lot of production. (laughs) Now I'm at the point where I get frustrated because I'm, like, trying to edit you know, like I'm editing the the Andy spaceship, and then there's just I just have to stop because I'm like I literally can't work on this because I have to edit the podcast because it's already like a day late, and then I go through like a day where I'm just like fucking zombie like working for like 20 hours like editing. Oh my god! Anyway, jeez. Hey man, you're, you're a workaholic. I'm well, I'm not a workaholic. It's just that <laughs> I, I I do this to please the awesome people who support the show because I, I don't want them to go too long because I see them fucking grifters online man with people who have really awesome Patreons because I watch like a lot of YouTube videos and like mm-hmm. you know there's all these people who do like video essays and stuff mm-hmm. and you know I'll see these people who have like they, you know, they've, they've made a few really great video essays and, and they've got like a Patreon of like 8,000 patrons and then they haven't made anything in like a year and I'm like how the hell can you just still coast on all this stuff without fucking making anything whereas I feel like I start to feel really really guilty around like day five or six where I'm like ah fuck it's gonna be late like as I start to get like a sense of uh, of uh, of uh, guilt I said it (laughs) 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 oh I'm looking for the word I said the word (laughs) well how about this let's uh we'll listen to one more song and then you guys can uh, say some goodbye words how about that okay All right. I feel we can give you guys a bit more time because there's two of you normally I would have cut this off Here's a song. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, look. Let's listen to this track, okay? Uh, It's by Fashion Invasion. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Gene Creamer, Private Eye, Prophet of Jupiter, Hampus ML, and Dennis LaFunk. All right. I hope you guys dig this. This is Fashion Invasion with Superworld. 
That was Superworld by Fashion Invasion. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Luke Jackson, Skywolf, Mads Baron Christensen, and Retro Serenade. And we are here right now. We've been meeting the patrons, the Buchelman sisters. But we can uh, we can say goodbye to you guys now. Uh, is there anything you want to say? Do you have anything you have to say that... that, that uh, why? I mean, I ask this every single interview for 250 <laughs> episodes, and I can't even say the sentence right. <laughs> Now's your chance. Well, this is your platform. Uh, soapbox. Mm. Excellent. Well, it was awesome that I found this podcast. Um, if anyone ever wants to listen to the whole back catalog, I did it, and I recommended, and I came out a better person. <laughs> if you can't do that, then listen to the Protector 101 and Magic Sword episodes, because even when I finished them all, I had withdrawals from not listening to five episodes a week, so I went back and <laughs> re-listened to a few more, <laughs> and those were the ones I picked out, and the one with Mark Marin's producer, because I didn't listen to that one very well the first time, and I didn't listen to it very well the second time either, <laughs> but I won't listen to it again. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> 
I recommend listening to the back catalog. You have some really cool interviews in there. You had some really big gets, like the Tangerine Dream members and stuff. That was really cool. It's a weird thing because I don't necessarily court that kind of stuff. Like, I do like to, I think signal boost is the right word. Like, you know, indie artists who maybe don't don't have a lot of followers. Because I am honestly in this for the music. Like, even though the show doesn't necessarily sound like I am. (laughs) Like, I mean... (laughs) I love the music. I just don't necessarily like talking about the technical aspects of making it. Like, I just like the music. And so to me, like, it doesn't matter how popular people are. But I know it's exciting for other people when, like, I see other, like, synth blogs and stuff and they get interviews with, like, famous people. But I don't know if those would be fun. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, do I have to, like, coordinate with some stupid PR guy for, like, Mm. 10 weeks and then this guy's going to answer, like, two questions and then I'll have to, like, edit the shit out of the answers because, like, we went off topic or something? Like, that's, like, not fun for me. Right. Yeah, the way you have these like natural sounding conversations, it just works that way. And if you got into the nitty gritty of like production or whatever, I know that's not, you're not interested. That's why you don't really ask about it. You talk about how all your listeners are artists. It's like, well, I'm one of those (laughs) rare-ish non-artists, so I don't care about all the technical aspects of production, and so it would be a turn-off. Yeah, like, there is people who do. I just find that it's not the right medium, because a lot of the stuff, like, in all fairness, I am actually interested in music production stuff, but you need to see it. Like, you need to watch a YouTube video where, like, a producer actually shows you the plugins on the screen and goes, like, when you adjust the waveform oscillator to sine wave and then you see them press the button and you see what the button looks like and then you see what it does or whatever but when it like talking about it like in audio form it's just not as uh yeah it doesn't work maybe maybe that that's what i need to do and then i would get more than like eight listeners if like <laughs> you know i actually gave people what they wanted <laughs> <laughs> Boo. but i don't know man i don't think i'm capable of doing that if me making a cardboard spaceship television show with talking turtles is I don't think anyone ever asked for that. <laughs> yeah, that kind of when you first teased it, it was like, "What?" <laughs> you you seem to like glom onto projects. Sometimes it's like, "Do you really need to make more work for yourself?" I mean, I appreciate the results, but it's like, I thought you were keeping busy with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like, by nature, like, I am, like, a creative guy, and so I need, it's, that stuff sort of fuels me, like, I need to do it, and so there was a few years there with the podcast where I I just wasn't doing anything in the video domain, I I want to, Mm -hmm. like, I want to make movies and shit, it's just, obviously, now is not a really good time to be doing stuff like that, but I had an awesome idea, I don't, this would be so stupid, but I want to um, crowdsource probably within the synth community some sort of like you know neil breen that name sounds familiar he makes really awful movies but they're amazing (laughs) okay if you just type in neil breen you'll see he's amazing he's just this weird looking dude who's like a is he an architect or or a real estate something anyway and he lives in las vegas and he makes movies where he's always the lead character he's always this weird savior that's either like from the future or a cyborg and it always involves hacking and and the government and stuff and it's but it's amazing like they're terrible (laughs) and I just started thinking how funny it would be to like get everybody together with green screens and like try and make a movie but like try to do a good job by virtue of it being everyone's green screening themselves from their own houses it will be ridiculous no matter what (laughs) but my sense of humor is and it's sort of hard to explain to people. I like earnestness. I don't know if earnestness is words. Like, I like earnest stuff. Like, I, I'm not really into these, like, making bad things. And, like, the whole joke is like, look at our movie. Like, it's so goofy and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't like that. 
I like when things are bad, but like everyone tried. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like if if we tried and like had a time limit, like okay, like we have two weeks. Here's the script. Like it's a real script. We'll actually like make it as ambitious as possible, knowing full well we can't pull it off. Mm-hmm. Then it's funny to me. Hey, there's a scene where there's like a riot and there's like thousands of people <laughs> running across, and then the guy flies in on a jetpack, and 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 knowing that like. <laughs> Well, how are we going to pull this off? Like, especially if like all of us are great, this is going to look terrible. Like, yes, exactly. But we're going to try our best instead of this whole tongue and cheek thing. A lot of people in like the eighties mm-hmm. revival scene do a lot of tongue and mm-hmm. cheek. Like, it's a like an eighties cop show, but you know, and they do all the cliches, and that to me is so dull because I've I've seen it too many times now. Mm-hmm. And I would rather right. someone just actually try and go. Well, why don't you like actually just try and make like an eighties cop film? Try your hardest. And then see what happens. That, that sounds really cool. I would get involved in that. I would buy a green screen for that. <laughs> well, it would be fucking hilarious. Because everyone would be lit the wrong way, too. Like, cause, you know, like... <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, all the shadows. <laughs> yeah, it would be amazing. Especially if you had a scene where, like, there's... Or I want to do even simple things, like characters shaking each other's hands. <laughs> hugging. <laughs> <laughs> fighting, even. Like, fight scenes. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I, I would try. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, I would actually try and say, let's choreograph it. So, like, I'm going to punch high, you duck, and I'm going to kick, and then you duck, and then you kick, and then I swing back and stuff, and then green screen it together, and it would be fucking amazing. That would be cool. I'd be into that. That reminds me, like, recently we went on Amazon Prime, and, like, we looked at all the weird, like, cheap movies. So there's, like, uh, wear llamas and, like... No, I think it's called like Llama Geddon or mm. something like that. So it is kind of like super tongue in cheek. So I, I think it kind of misses that earnest mark that you're looking for. I'm just not into the whole Sharknado thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm fine with the title. Yeah. But what what I'm not <laughs> fine is when you actually watch them and go like, you know, the whole production is like, we're making a cheesy film. And like, mm-hmm. there are some great ideas in there. Like, I'm not going to write it off completely because I think there is one where like Ian Ziering like jumps into the tornado <laughs> with like some chainsaws and like flies up in it and like kills a bunch of sharks on his way down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fun. Like, it's a fun idea. Um, and I'm not against like over the top sequences. So like... Mm-hmm. You know, like Kung Fury kind of stuff. Like yeah. I don't, I don't mind a guy jumping on top of a car while it's flying in the air and like shooting a robot. Like I think that's fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. what I don't like is when it's all the. It has to be all this cliche, like where the whole point of the scene. Look how silly our film is. Like, aren't mm-hmm. we wacky? Like, no, no. Ernest, I want people playing it for real. I want people <laughs> acting for real. I don't want this fucking like he's the gruff detective and he's the the you know the, the angry boss. Like it's just. It's just all been... I've taken the part where I told you to say something and turned it into my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Andy's soapbox. It all works out. Yeah. Well, look. Listen, I'm going to say goodbye now. So I gave you an opportunity to speak, and you blew it! (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was nice talking to you guys. And uh, stay safe and all that stuff, and keep on uh, analyzing the poop and uh, yeah. <laughs> and filing away the books. Are people getting books? Yeah, so we are open to the public with extremely limited capacity and extremely limited hours, as well as doing curbside pickups of holds and stuff. So yeah, would you like put the books in a bag? Yeah, right. I mean, not me because I work in the back. Right. So other people do that. All right. Well, it's good to know. So people can still get books 
from the Boise Library. <laughs> That's right. All right. Good. Well, I can't think of a more awkward way to end this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Cool. All, right. <laughs> All right. Sarah and Rachel Buchelman, take a bow. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> All right, and that was my chat with the Buchelman sisters, patrons extraordinaire. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, you know, we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. You know, it's always fun to meet the patrons, and uh, I did invite Chris Celia to do one of these, but uh, it never worked out, unfortunately. I remember there was all this confusion because she had to borrow her roommate's laptop or something. And it was like, well, if I get the laptop, or does it work on a phone? And then I was like, ah, oh, and you know, you get so busy. I mean, like when you hear these conversations you're listening to now. I mean, I recorded these in the fall, and that's the problem when you, uh, you you do too much. Sometimes it's hard to schedule things, and there's so much stuff going on, and uh, unfortunately, we uh, we never got around to it. So if there's a lesson in there anyways, it's, uh, you know, when you get an idea, just uh, seize the day, man, and do it. Because if, uh, if you wait around too long, sometimes those opportunities go away. But the important thing is to listen to cool music, and that's what we're going to do right now. So listen, you know I don't often play covers on the show, although I've played a bunch this season, and I always start off by saying I don't play covers, but I had to play this one because this is awesome, and uh, fans of 80s movies uh, will hopefully appreciate this as much as I did. Uh, it's a track from Telen Devic. Now, this dude actually makes some pretty cool uh, electronic music. Now, I am playing a cover, however, but uh, he still is a, a cool guy. And this is a track that's inspired by the theme song of a certain 80s movie that I believe they're remaking now. Or they're not remaking. They're going back to the book. Uh, of course, The Running Man, because The Running Man has an awesome score. And uh, this track is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. We got Fraser Davidson, your friend Estevez, Andrew Bennon, and Mr. Magoo Samurai. And this is Telendevic with a track called Bakersfield, the Running Man theme tribute.
right, that was Bakersfield, the Running Man theme tribute by Telen Devic. I've always loved the Running Man song, and so I just had to play that because that was awesome. And it was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. We're talking about Blonde John, Pack, Thomas Berg, and Lucas Smith. So now let's get back to chatting with patrons. We mentioned him earlier in the uh, the patron roll call in the $25 Club. It's now time to meet Newmark. All right. Well, look, we're meeting patrons. That's what we've been doing. It's always fun to meet the awesome people who uh, support Beyond Synth. And right now, I am chatting to... Now, on Patreon, I know you as Newmark, correct? Yes, exactly. Now, is that what we're going to call you here? Is your name a secret? Uh, No, my name's not a secret. You can call me Kyle by my first name. Well, hi, Kyle. Hello, Andy. What does Newmark mean? It's actually a handle that I got years ago. It's from a... The William Gibson cyberpunk trilogy, if you remember that, there was a character whose last name was Newmark, and that's the boring story of where that comes from. Did you did you like that character? Uh, yeah, no, I loved those books when I was when I was younger, and and still do. So I've never read them. I can't read. <laughs> Give me a synopsis. Um, oh, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> Basically, there's like an AI, right, that is taking over, I guess. I, I honestly can't remember exactly what they're about. But it's basically like they're they're hackers and they have virtual machines that they log into kind of like a virtual reality type of situation. And then they go and hack and fight, you know, AI. So what does Newmark do? I work with uh, technology in laboratories, yes. You work in a lab? Do you have to wear like a lab coat? Not necessarily. I usually will wear just uh, like a jacket or, um, you know, hair nets, masks, gloves, um, thing, things like this. And it, normal lab attire. So what's the nature of uh, your lab? So I, I go and I visit many labs that have our products in them, uh, specifically our incubators for viewing uh, developing embryos. To what end? To what end? <laughs> well, we, I mean, you just like put embryos in jars and watch them, or is there like a point to all this? Yeah, no, like, so what it's for is for IVF, right? So if a man and woman are having trouble having a baby, they take an egg out of the woman or an, an unfertilized uh, embryo, and then they take sperm from the man, they put them together. You grow for anywhere from three to six days or so, and then they reimplant that embryo to the woman, and she hopefully goes on to have a beautiful bouncing baby. So when the embryo's in the jar, like, do you have to... <laughs> you keep saying jar. Sorry. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> dish. Let's call it a dish. Okay. Oh, it's in a dish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not microscopic, is it? Like, how, how big is it at this point? You would not really be able to see it with the with the naked eye, right? So you would have to look at it under a microscope. So essentially what we've done is taken what we what the very smart people at the company that i work for have Mm. done is they have taken the microscope that what you would normally take the dish out and look at it under a microscope once per day we've taken that microscope and put it into the incubator itself i see one-stop shop exactly so when, when you're looking at it under a microscope you can see you know all of the fun little things happening Mm. in the dish a couple of ways you can place the good sperm near the egg and let them you know you you essentially will will weed out the the best because generally there's a problem which is why you're going in for the for a procedure that would lead to this initially so they take the best sperm put it with the best egg 
they either let them go in, but most likely what, what's going to happen is that uh, they will find the best sperm, single sperm, and catch it with a pipette, and then take that pipette and inject it into the egg. What's a pipette? A tool that's like a needle, right? It's like a hollow needle that you draw up the sperm with. Oh, so literally just like a very, very tiny pipe? Yeah, exactly. Just think of it like a syringe type thing. So then they're watching in the little microscope, so what makes a a good sperm versus a bad one? Are they different colors? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't want the ones that look like zombies. I'm a scientist. (laughs) The ones that just don't move, right? Is there ones that just don't, they just kind of sit there? Lazy? Yeah, so what what they do is, yeah, so they have like a solution, right, that they force the sperm to essentially swim through. Hmm. And the ones that can make it through this special solution are the strongest, you know, healthiest ones. So they basically set up like a sperm obstacle course? Exactly. And then when they get the ones that are good, you always see that image online of like, you know, the cell and the and the syringe needle sort of like pokes into the cell or whatever. But like in this case, you just sort of like set the sperm down next to the thing and go like, let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, you take the thing and poke the sperm in sometimes uh, i believe you, you it's a, called a pipette a pipette exactly <laughs> not the thing <laughs> i'm a scientist <laughs> just because you say it doesn't mean it's true <laughs> i'm a scientist too <laughs> so then this is are you a scientist no i'm a i'm a technician okay yeah. so so basically then you go to different places so you are responsible for this uh, jug with a microphone attached microscope sorry jug yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. i think i just said all the wrong exactly. words uh, and so you go to different labs to just make sure that it's working right? Yeah. So there, there are filters because gases are, are used in the incubator. So we check the gases. We change filters. We change sensors. We do analysis on the machine to make sure it's running properly and address any problems that could be coming up. And then also we uh, check the server that's housing the data of all the images and any, any data that's collected. And then we make sure the workstation. So it's a whole environment. There's an incubator. There's a server to collect the data, and then there are workstations that can access and work with that data. I imagine it's just a lot of images of just like a black and white circle. Pretty much, yeah. Like, that's pretty much it. You're sounding more and more like a scientist. (laughs) I am a scientist. All right, look. Listen, let's listen to some music, and then we'll uh, keep talking, all right? So this is a track from an artist called Graham C-R. I don't know if that's pronounced Graham C-R or Graham (laughs) R. I'm assuming it's Graham C-R, and uh, it's a cool track. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club, Energon Cubes, Slade, Watch Clark, and Pudnuts. And this is Fading Away by Graham C-R.
And that was Graham CR with the track Fading Away. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club, Joshua Winter. I'm still calling you Pump Action Foreskin because your new name is gross. <laughs> Uh, but it starts with two in the pink. And then uh, we got Albion Algorithm and Gary Heather. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And I'm back with a new mark. New mark. I feel like my voice is like in a higher range today. Um, <clears throat> we're meeting patrons. And uh, Kyle, uh, who also goes by new mark, is, a, is an awesome patron of Beyond Synth. He goes lab to lab, making sure the incubators are working, taking proper pictures of embryos. Embryos, yep, correct. <laughs> zygotes? Yeah, I guess you don't deal with zygotes, do you? Uh, zygotes would be uh, not... I mean, we we just we call them embryos. That's the the nice term. I prefer zygote. I think zygote sounds funnier. I mean, you can call them whatever you want. Zygote. <laughs> as long as it's a baby. <laughs> I'll call it a damn zygote. <laughs> you know what I would tell a lot of these parents, though, like or these potential parents, is that uh, they should just have sex with each other, and that would just solve all the problems. <laughs> Well, well, you know, many of them do that. Mm. You know, do they? And I would assume so. That's why you need to develop another system where you put a camera in their bedroom so it's like the microscope <laughs> as it watches the Petri dish and then you have another one just to make sure that the parents are actually like... I keep calling them the parents, I guess. This is a bad joke. Look, so, how? listen, how do you stumble upon a thing like Beyond Synth? Uh, I think it was around the time of your... A lot of people, I think, got to your show by the Perturbator episode. Hmm. And that was me too. One night in a hotel room, just going down a YouTube rabbit hole because I had nothing else to do and was finding new music and run across uh, stuff like Com Truce and a lot of uh, electronic music that was gaining popularity at the time. And, and Perturbator came into that. And it was very shortly, like not even an hour after I found him on YouTube, that that led me to your show, and I've been listening ever since. Well, that's a nice, pleasant rabbit hole to go down. I think YouTube, there's uh, there's many options to go down a bunch of shitty rabbit holes. Oh, there are some that are, yeah, out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's nice well, we can you... We can go down some of those. No. <laughs> no, I prefer the music ones. <laughs> it's uh, really depressing seeing how some people think. That is uh, a very accurate statement, I think, to... <laughs> to put out there. Well, that's what I've been noticing lately is just, it's not so much about like the information because everyone is sort of working from the same, you know, like news stories and stuff. It's just the way some people process information. That's the thing that leads to all bunch of weird just theories and crazy videos. It's like, okay, like the source information is all true sort of, but then just the way that they extrapolate what it means is like, whoa, like some people are fucking weird. Anyway, whatever. Oh, you you want to talk about weird? We can talk about the breatharians. Have you heard about these people? The what? The breatharians. Breatharians? As in breathe air ends, right? Okay. So they, they think that they can breathe, they can do pranic breathing and take nutrients from the air by doing so. Wait, what kind of breathing? They call it chronic breathing. I don't know. It, it looks like they're just kind of like, you know, butterflying their legs and like <laughs> doing core exercises. It's really bizarre. Okay. But then they also think that they can get nutrients from the sun and breathing only. 
and then they like starve themselves. It's really bizarre. I'm assuming at some point there's like some guru that like eventually gets caught with a fucking cheeseburger. Hey man, like it's all about breath. And then there's just like some blurry picture of him like walking out of a Wendy's. Like this guy who was one of the founders or like one of the uh, leaders of it is his name is Wiley something. I don't remember. (laughs) He actually got caught eating McDonald's. Nice. Now. (laughs) Nice. Now his whole thing is that you can only eat uh, something like a double whopper with cheese or something i know it, it, or, God, what the hell was it? i don't know it was something from mcdonald's like sp- very specific burger type from mcdonald's and diet coke because diet coke like has the light in it or something and like mcdonald's is a source of light and hope and all this craziness and that's all he eats supposedly jesus well it sounds like that guy's gonna die <laughs> Like, can you imagine not eating and then when you do, you eat McDonald's? Like, holy fuck. <laughs> right? He got caught and he just leaned way into it. <laughs> so maybe doing breatharian worked because if it's a bunch of like unhealthy people, like maybe just like not eating for a few days was actually better for them than eating the shit that they were eating. Right. And then they'll see an improvement and then like associate that improvement with the stupid thing that they're doing. <laughs> I think you're giving them a little too much credit. Oh, okay. All <laughs> due, due respect to any Breatharians that might hear this, by the way. Because I know that you're eating if you're still alive. Yeah, that's true. Well, Breatharian sounds really dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's always it's always tricky when it's like the weird sort of gray area ones where it's like there might be like some shred of logic to it. But then when there's things like breatharians, that's just like, oh, this is like 100 percent stupid. It's really easy to sort of mock, I guess. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I think they've just taken like intermittent fasting yes. and juicing type concepts to a whole nother bizarre level. Well, that's the thing, because I think people like eat so unhealthily anyways. Right. That honestly, like it, that probably is a good thing. Like I know, like if I fucking like on the weekend, I ordered Wendy's and I ate so much food. My belly was like huge. Like I was actually like looking down at it going like, holy fuck. Like I felt like I had changed. And then I just sort of didn't really eat that much for the next few days. Uh, and, and then it went down again and I felt better. And I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> this is me learning how the body works. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have a jar with a microscope on it, but I... Uh, I've, I've been known to eat a whole small pizza to myself, uh, so fair enough. Well, when I go to Wendy's, I, I just get myself a whole bunch of things. Like, I like uh, the um, buffet aspect, you know? So I'll be like, I get like a junior yeah. bacon cheeseburger, and I get a cheddar burger, and then I'll get maybe like a chicken sandwich, and maybe a wrap, and maybe some poutine and fries. So I can just sort of like pick away at things, like a little tiny burger here, and a little burger here, and... Uh, I love doing that. Wendy's is awesome. You dropped the magic Canadian word there, poutine. Whenever I am there, I eat way too damn much of that stuff. Yeah, poutine's good. Yeah. It's a really simple thing. It's it, it's funny when people like talk about it. Like, it's just fries with fucking cheese and gravy. But I mean, it's a... Uh, oh, it's good. so good, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what else is good is uh, listening to awesome music, all right? All right. So I got one here from Arcade High. It's brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $10 Club. There's Knight of Ducks, Barry007, Tristan Waits, and Polly Digital. And this is Coat of Arms by Arcade High.
And that was Arcade High with Coat of Arms. Brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Stu M M M M M M M M M Matthew Lister, Will Lowe, and Skunk Raider. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And I'm back with Newmark, patron extraordinaire of Beyond Synth. And it's always fun to meet the people who... Uh, who make Beyond Synth possible, and uh, that's always a nice thing. So, uh, is there anything you want to talk about? I like hearing about people's interesting jobs and stuff, so it's cool working in a lab and stuff. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I was actually, I was going through some, like, old stuff I have, and I found this This might be of interest to you. I know a lot of us are aware of Jeff Bridges from the movie Tron. Oh, I, I am aware know. of Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Continue. Did, did you? <laughs> I found from 2001 a cigar aficionado magazine with him on the cover. Nice. <laughs> Amazing. I love those magazines that I just see in the stores and go like, who is this for? I mean, I, I <laughs> right? guess it's for cigar aficionados, but like, is that more niche than I think it is? Or is that like the kind of thing that any man who thinks he's like a man man would want to have that magazine as like some sort of like proof of concept? Like, you know, you have, like, a men's fitness and a cigar aficionado to feel like a, a man, even if you don't smoke cigars. I have both of these magazines. Do you feel like a man? Fair enough. It's from 2001, and I'm pretty sure I bought it because I bought it with a cigar. You, did you feel like <laughs> so, a man then? No. It made me want to puke, just like every other cigar I've ever tried. <laughs> Well, I remember in high school, I had a subscription to Maxim for a year, like when Maxim first came out. Oh, right. And I don't know why, because at that point in time, it well, was like... we all know why. No, but at, at that point, I had already I had already seen things. And so, <laughs> so a Maxim magazine wouldn't necessarily cut it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it was just, it, it was like a cool thing at the time, because it was like Maxim just came out, so it was like the cool magazine for guys or whatever, and it wasn't like as mature as like... I guess reading a Playboy and the the old classy interviews and all that stuff. Oh no, I, I fully admit to uh, perusing a few Maxim magazines in my life, especially you know ten, fifteen years ago when they were popular. Did they even still make Maxim? Good question. I don't. I don't. You know, I haven't bought a magazine in. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah. I'm, and the joke is, I think the last magazine I probably bought was in high school and was probably Swank. <laughs> <laughs> Swank. <laughs> Swank or Cherry. I mean, you know, any yeah. of those that would be. <laughs> no, it was Swank. <laughs> it was Swank. <laughs> Swank is a filthy magazine. <laughs> it's the worst title. I mean, you could say Playboy, Hustler, something with a nicer title. Yeah, yeah, Swank. yeah. But those are, those are a little classier than Swank. <laughs> Very, Swank very, gets the uh, job corner, done. Corner store, <laughs> but that was yeah, that was in high school. So, and I'm yeah, yeah, thirty nine. So, how many years ago was that? Over twenty. Christ, I'm old. Hey, here's the thing: I turned thirty nine in June. So, you know, how does it feel, you old bastard? <laughs> I, I, my, my, in my mind, I'm still like 15, man. Yeah. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> I do sometimes, uh, maybe this is the depressing thing about getting older, but there is those moments where it's like, where you catch yourself in the mirror. Because <laughs> I'm always like walking the kids to school and I have to like walk through, there's a high school and a public school and, and it just puts me back in that frame of mind when I was younger and then like, I'll walk past a car and just see myself and like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm a man like a with kids, like and a dad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I wonder if everyone feels that way. Like, if that's like a nostalgia thing. If everyone feels that sense of nostalgia, or if everyone 
still feels like they're their younger self? I think 39-year-olds do. Uh, this is a shared experience. I'm pretty sure that we all can agree on. Like, is it something that once we hit like 60, then it's like actual old age sort of sets in? You're like, okay, I'm an, I am officially like an old person. And then you get to walk slow and play golf. Oh man, I will be jamming stem cells into my cerebral cortex to keep me going. I don't even <laughs> care. I'm, I'm, I'll go to Panama and get the IV stem cell drips that, you know, Mel Gibson and his dad do. I'm, I'm all in on that. Uh, the idea is fine with me. <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't know. Uh, it's a little weird. Like, is there actual evidence to back that up besides just like this weird doctor in another place <laughs> says it works or like anecdotal stuff? Like, is there actual scientific papers that say like, yes, taking stem cells in a syringe and jamming them in your knee makes your knee better? Or is it always like kind of like... I know a guy and so-and-so's grandpa, like, is feeling great. No, no. So it is a le- legitimate thing, yeah. So they just don't have it totally, like, the FDA is a is not a fun agency to get things through here in North America. So a lot of other places have this available. And it's kind of weird, but it's what they, they do, especially for these IV drips that, just like I said before, Mel Gibson, uh, his dad did this, and his dad's something like 90 years old and was in poor health, goes to Panama and you have a series of these treatments with embryonic stem cells and do they even understand what they're doing or do they literally just go like we're yeah, just going to yeah. like put a syringe with stem cells and then just hope that something good happens like do they actually understand it yeah so so there is a a process that happens when you put these we'll call them like young stem cells into and a person's body with old stem cells for lack of a better way of putting it and those young stem cells intermix with all the old ones and it's not that they replace them or make the old ones younger but what they do is their their secretions make the old ones act like they're younger so you could heal faster you know you could potentially have uh, organ regeneration benefits things things like this i need to know more about cells because I just don't get, like, if you just take a syringe with cells and then just go stick them in you, like, why the cells would... Do they distribute themselves evenly throughout your body? Like, is it a goo? Like, if it's a goo of cells, like, where do they go? Like, Well, it, it's like a, a serum, just like any um, any drug, or if you go to the hospital, they put an IV in you, you know, if you're, if you're hurt with morphine or whatever in it, and it will disperse itself throughout your bloodstream because your blood is constantly pumping through your body out to all your organs. But it also is a, a way to distribute things throughout your body to all of your organs. Wait, right? so 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 stem cells though are blood cells? They go through your body through the blood? See, here's the problem I'm having, right? Yeah. You take a syringe yes. with fucking goo in it and they say there's a whole bunch of fucking embryonic stem cells in here, which let's be honest, is against God. And then you take that needle, and if you just <laughs> stick it in someone's leg, I just feel like there would just be like a lump of goo, and then they're going to be like, and these cells are going to just sort of distribute themselves like it's a goo? I don't know. It's the same as like, in you know, injecting a drug, mm. whether, you know, in the hospital or, you know, in the gutter. <laughs> right, <laughs> the but the street. drug will sort of travel through you, and it's like through your bloodstream, or if you eat it, it still it still goes through your blood, right? Because your right stomach, yeah. but it, but it disperses throughout your whole body. Stem cells are essentially cells that are not specialized yet, right? So they're waiting to become a certain type of cell. Mm. And when you have young ones of those, they go out and 
distribute themselves and help. Essentially, they help your other cells do better for a certain amount of time. But then you, of course, have to go back and get more stem cells. It's kind of like this weird like vampire theory. People yeah. used to, you know, they think that there's like this elite Illuminati group of vampires that want blood or whatever. Mm. I'm starting to sound like Alex Jones now. But obviously, since it's like expensive to do, I mean, this is going to be the the domain of rich folk to be uh, exactly taking the uh, the peasants fucking fetus cells and injecting it into their brains so that they can live forever. And we're, we're going down Alex Jones type <laughs> territory. <laughs> hey, he's he's very entertaining. But, you know, well, the sad thing is not so much that like because I'll, I'll look at the comment section sometimes, you know, like if he's on Rogan or whatever. And like the, it's just it's just more the comments of the people watching. Yeah, because, you know, of course, there's always the, the the people who are like, oh, this is more entertaining than movie and blah, blah, blah. And then the next comment's always like, he's right about everything. Uh, this is all. But it's like, oh, fuck, you know, and there's those people. And then there's like the people who watch it for fun. And then anyway, whatever. The point is, you'll be a lot happier yeah. if you just don't watch any of that stuff. That's what I say. Yeah. And not let it drive you crazy that's that's the thing yeah but i'll tell you what's um tell you what won't drive you crazy cool music that was might be my worst (laughs) (laughs) it was perfect it was perfect anyway look here's here's a cool song uh this one is from moogle all right it's brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters with the uh, the triple eight it's dub 42 ip68 with the 808 binkley with the 786 and i uh, hope you guys dig this this is incubator by moogle
was Moogle with Incubator. That was a cool track. That was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Hey, we're in the donation of the Beast Club now. That's right, the people who donate triple six. Well, there's Rob Yale, Mike Bailey, Run the Skyway, and Nicholas Carl McNally. And speaking of patrons, we're talking to one right now because I'm back with Newmark, a.k.a. Kyle. Cool patron extraordinaire supporting Beyond Synth, making this show uh, making keeping the lights on in the studio and the lights on in the spaceship etc yeah man but we can probably uh wind down here but it was it was nice to get to know you is there anything you want to say before i uh, hang up on you yeah hey i, I just want to say thank you andy for entertaining a lot of us for a lot of years and I, I honestly i hope you can do it for a very long time i know i've told you that before and i i mean it man I, it's it's really cool what you're doing. Well, I appreciate the kind words. And if you can get, if you can, I was going to say, if you can get me some stem cells, <laughs> but I'm like, that's not what you do. Well, maybe it is. Go like every time you go, uh, well, I know you're not even doing the samples. <laughs> no. Look, just go to the lab and then just pocket some of those, uh, canister things. And then, and then, uh, Tell every lady to go like, you know what? We need a few extra eggs and some of the tasty stem cells that go with it. And then just fucking, you know, fill up a Beyond Synth mug and send it to me and I'll drink it. Oh, this is gross. (laughs) 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 The point is... (laughs) See, I want to do something. I just want to get like injected with stem cells and just I want like my hair to turn black again. Like without dye. I want the stem cells to do that. Just like Mel Gibson's grandpa. Yeah, the real thing is you need to take care of your back. Just like me, I've had back problems. Mm. I'm gonna tell you right now. I say just figure out a way to like you know decompress your back, man. Like it, it really, really helps. You know, for those of us of advanced age. <laughs> well, that's the thing that people. I mean, like what's you know when people talk about stem cells and things, it's like what I find funny is that proper health advice has been the same pretty much for like decades and decades and no one wants to accept it yeah like we're always looking for the quick answer of like oh but if we fucking take that fetus and suck its brain out and eat it you know you'll get young or however the science works that's the science right and uh and then meanwhile like anytime you read a book or it's like the health secrets they don't want you to know and then when you get to the last page it's always just and don't forget to sleep a full eight hours and drink lots of water and exercise and like this is all the things that no one wants to do but then if we all just did that we would be healthier and happier but we're always still looking for the pill or like but if I fucking get vitamin B shots in my ass and then I I don't have to do any of that other stuff you figured out the hidden science yeah well it's not so hidden you know just fucking sleep smile yeah. have some friends yeah it's no secret man Lean meats, vegetable. Get a swank. Swank magazine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, read it front front to back. <laughs> well, it's an important magazine. Uh, make sure the door's closed. That's, uh, <laughs> that's you gotta know. All right, man. Well, look, listen. It was nice to get to know you. Have a lovely day over there and, and keep on uh, making sure those uh, incubator microscopes are working. Well, thank you, Andy. I, I, I appreciate the talk, and it was wonderful meeting you as well. All right, and that was my conversation with Newmark. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club. People like Waylon, Kasky, Geospatial, Cenotaph, Franz, Varga, and Stagger. Let's see, before we meet some other patrons, let's do the birthdays real quick. All 
right, that is of course the birthday jingle by Modern Night, and you can check out all the Beyond Santa jingles. They're on Spotify. They're on Bandcamp. Uh, just uh, look up Beyond Synth jingles. They're by Modern Night under Retro Promenade. Just so you know. All right. Well, look, we just mentioned Waylon Kasky Geospatial, which is pretty cool because it's his birthday coming up in a few days' time. I think this episode should post on the second of March, which means your birthday is in what is that? Five days. So that's exciting. Happy birthday, Waylon Kasky Geospatial, aka Kyle. Happy birthday, buddy. I hope uh, all your dreams come true. I don't know if people wish for their dreams to come true on their birthday. Sometimes people just want to get through it because they look at the calendar and they realize they're an old man and everything is fading away. Just me? Okay. And uh, we also have a birthday in the synthwave world of synthwave artists. That's right, because it's Betamax's birthday coming up in just a few days' time. Just before Waylon Kasky Geospatial's birthday. So how about that? Happy birthday, Betamax! I hope you're having a lovely day and making some new music because people want to hear it. So uh, get working on that album if that's what you're doing. And uh, that's all for birthdays this day. This day. <laughs> This day! All right, look, let's listen to this. Now, I played a track from this artist a few weeks ago, and I thought it was pronounced Zytolites because it's Z-I-T-I-L-I-T-E-S. But then when I looked it up, there was like an album that was released like years ago by some other artist where it's meant to be pronounced City Lights, like Zitty Lights, like that. So I don't know if this artist pronounces his name Zytolites or City Lights, but I mentioned him because uh, he was part of some compilation called Polyphonic Underground at polyphonicunderground.com where the whole premise was it was a bunch of artists basically doing a compilation vinyl so they didn't have to require a label to print a vinyl because it's sort of like a collective of artists so they can, I guess, like pool the resources or whatever. And that was at Polyphonic Underground. Anyway, so I don't know if he pronounced this City Lights or Zytolites because I never asked, all right? But anyway, it's a cool song. It's called Late Night. You know, I almost pronounced it as Latinite because it's written as one word. I was like, oh, it's Zytolites with Latinite. And now I realize that it might not be Zytolites. It might be City Lights with Late Night. So who knows? Who knows what the hell you're about to listen to? Just listen.
right, that was Zeta Lights or City Lights, one or the two, I don't know, with a track Late Night, all right? And uh, that was a cool one. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club, people like Schneedle Woods, Ivan, Akione Kasone, and David Lavalle Jr. And we are meeting patrons this week, and now it's time to go meet some more. So let's go chat with Jimmy the Hut. All right. Well, look, we're here. We've been meeting patrons on uh, the show. Of course, these are the awesome people who support Beyond Synth and make it possible. And I am here today with patron extraordinaire... Jimmy the Hut. Now, is your real name a secret? No, my real name is actually Andy, so unfortunately there's more of us. Oh, that's exciting. It's always nice to meet another Andy. Yeah, we're all as strange as each other, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a goofy name. Exactly, that's why I used my nickname ever since I was about... 14 or 15 I've always been known by Jimmy no, no one actually really uses my real name anymore which is funny well I'm going to call you Andy because it's always nice to yeah meet another one not that I'm trying to hide anything or anything like that. it's not like I've changed name out of purpose some kind of scary instance in my past I'm trying to run away from at all it's just everyone calls me Jimmy philosophically we're always trying to run away from some aspect of our past <laughs> very true difficult if you can't run though yes well, that's why I said philosophically. Yes. And I guess run metaphorically. My life's a lot simpler, so I am just literally running from crimes. <laughs> Actual crimes. Yeah. What, crimes you've committed? Crimes you've witnessed? Or, you know, uh, is there a bit of relocation going on? Or are we not allowed to talk about it? I have to say things like this to make it sound a lot more exciting than I am just uh, sitting in my office, which is right now a spaceship set, <laughs> looking to my left and seeing a basket full of puppets that haven't been introduced yet and uh, talking to you. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. To uh, complete the picture, I'm sat in a room with a laptop balanced on an office chair, a microphone sat on a table. I have a drink next to me, which is on a, uh, a little table made out of a front wheel from a Formula One car. Ooh, very posh. <laughs> and to my right, as I'm sure every listener wants to know, is a pair of my sweaty shorts after a session on my exercise bike earlier on. So there is nothing glamorous at all about this. Ooh, I should get an exercise bike. I bought one at the start of the lockdown here in the UK when they said, oh, you can only go out and exercise for an hour. And I thought, well, I'm always out for longer than that. So I got a bike, chucked it in my summer house. Again, I'm not as posh as I actually sound despite having a summer house and this accent. <laughs> well, you have a lot of British people on this show and everyone's got interesting accents. And the more I listen to myself, it's just quintessentially boring, posh British. I didn't always sound like this. There's an accent I fought long and hard to uh, get rid of because from where I'm from here, uh, it's much more farmers and stuff. So everyone talks a bit like this round here. All right, my love, how are you doing? <laughs> and to be honest, when I was little, I did sound like that. There are videos somewhere buried away maybe the dog buried them I hope he did of me sounding like that and it's just it's not attractive to be fair some people I think put it on a bit I know like when I have like you know when Adam's on the show or and he's doing the puppet and stuff like he's got that northern kind of accent but I think yeah. he, he likes it oh yeah and so he he embellishes it when he talks I mean he does talk like that normally as well my mom's northern she's from uh, Yorkshire so there's so many things she says which to me are hilarious like no word has a H in it mm. she's from Halifax but to her that's she's from Halifax because hmm. the H gets lost in translation. Well, you guys have a Halifax as well. There's a lot of place names that are the same. Yes, well, I imagine that's from when people left this country, went over there and built colonies, so then they started naming them after places are over here, well, where they were from. I love that they couldn't come up with their own new words. Well, they tried New York, I guess, and that's like, well, what, you know, there's a York here, obviously. Whether that's the way reason it was named, I don't know, to be honest. But New Hampshire, as there's Hampshire here well that's a county or a shire as it is well in canada i'm just trying to think in my 
province, there's we've got a Kitchener, a London, mm-hmm. well Halifax, obviously we've got that. Yeah, Hamilton. Is there a Hamilton in England? Yeah, there must be. It's also places like Birmingham, Birmingham, or as the Americans say, Birmingham. Hold on. Now I'm curious. I'm going to go into my <laughs> web browser and type in. Uh, here we go. We're going down the uh, the rabbit hole of uh, Google searches. Canadian cities, same as UK. Canadian cities that shouldn't be confused with other cities. That's the article. A very useful article at Huffington Post. (laughs) Canadian cities that shouldn't be confused with other cities. Right. Okay, let's see. Sea Gallery, you fucking piece of shit. I hate when you go to a stupid story and they can't even put it all on one page, yes. No, no, you've got to go through about ten different pages. Oh, do you want me to see all your fucking ads, you fucks? Okay, there's London, Ontario, not to be confused with London, UK. Vancouver, BC, not to be confused with Vancouver, Washington. Calgary, not to be confused with Calgary Bay, Scotland. Toronto, not to be confused with Toronto, New South Wales. There's a Toronto in New South Wales. Well, I didn't know that one. Regina, Saskatchewan. Regina, New Mexico. Ottawa, Ontario. Ottawa, Illinois. Whitehorse, Yukon Territory. Whitehorse, Pennsylvania. Whitehorse? (laughs) Montreal, and there's a Montreal in Spain. Uh, Prince Edward Island, Prince Edward Islands in South Africa, Edmonton, Edmonton, UK. Oh, there's an Edmonton. Okay. Edmonton is also an area east of London Borough in England. Well, I'll tell you one thing. That article sucked. (laughs) It's a good use of our time, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, I'll tell you what is a good use of our time is uh, listening to cool music. So let's uh, check this out. It's a track from Some International, uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club, Electro Mechanic, Rama Branch, Cat Punk, and Night Ride FM. And uh, this track is called Shame of Spain, the 2008 version, by Some International.
All right, that was Some International with Shame of Spain, the 2008 version. That was from an album called The Worst Works, 2008 to 2018. Uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club. We're talking about Owen Magali, Caffeinated Pixels, Sandbox General, and Abashed Pudding. And we are back. Uh, we're just meeting patrons. These are, of course, the people who support Beyond Synth and uh, keep the lights on in the studio and in the spaceship and all that stuff. And I'm here, of course, with Jimmy the Hut, a.k.a. Andy. Why Why Jimmy the Hut? Well, Jimmy stems from my middle name, and I can't remember who started calling me that when I was about 14 or 15, but it just stuck. Wait, so your name is Andy Jimmy? It's Andrew James. Ah, but- gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Again, try not to sound way too posh here. Mm. I'll start to sound like Prince Charles or something like that. He actually lives uh, in an estate not too far from where I live. Again, really trying to sound not too posh. Well, just start talking about the World Economic Forum. The what? <laughs> well, it's just, anyway, it's something that Prince Charles does. Anyway, whatever. Go on. Oh, okay. See, again, we're not best mates, you know. <laughs> You're not? Well, okay. used to be, but we had a big falling out, so mm. best not to go into it. That's why I had to change my name, but... Uh, Damn, I'm going to have to change it again now, aren't I? How about every time you're done saying something, you follow it up with, uh, I'm Jimmy the Hutt, BBC Radio News. <laughs> oh, well, I've been watching the, the new series of The Crown on Netflix. Do you ever watch that? I haven't. I, I've heard it's good, but I've never watched it's it. It's oddly compelling. And in this series, it goes on more about um, Charles and Diana. Does the guy on the show have, like, prosthetic ears? No, straight up. But in the space of one episode, I swear he got about 10 years older. They must have put more wrinkles on there. But he's... Um, so the area where I live is called Gloucestershire, which if you ever see the word written down, it does not sound like it's spelled Gloucestershire. <laughs> well, it is kind of written Gloucestershire. And most people really struggle with it, but it's just Gloucestershire. Or depending if you've got a bit of too much West Country twang, it's Gloucestershire. Mm. Do, you, do you get to watch The Crown and see your house in the background? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. The closest thing we've come to famous is on Top Gear, before the previous toast all finished the last episode they did. They were actually driving through my town looking for a pub and they stopped outside the pub where my mum actually worked at the time but decided not to go in there because of the sign out front. It's very strange. But they drove past a play park I used to go as a kid. So that was kind of like... Is is the sign just some sort of like racist banner? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's just a literally illuminated pub sign denoting what kind of a beer they sold. But um, one of the people on there didn't quite like it. But it's still interesting to see it on television. We're all simple people, and you see any mention of anywhere near. If there's like somewhere 100 miles away from where you live, it's kind of like, hey, I know that place, so therefore you feel slightly famous. That's what's so weird to me about countries that are so small, because I'm from Canada, so like my country is gigantic, right? Exactly. But it's funny that it still has like the same effect, even like in England, where everything's like compressed. You'd think that if they just did like one lap on Top Gear, they would just drive past everyone's house. Yeah, exactly. Surely through the amount of series and episodes they did, they must eventually go past every single one and it's kind of the funny thing here where you've got to go somewhere 20 or 30 miles away and it's considered a long drive and it's you know it's not the country is very very small yeah no it's hilarious like in canada it's like just long drives are just part of it you're laughing at the size of our country size doesn't matter in everything oh no it matters (laughs) i've I've had plenty of ladies tell me that followed by a slap and then they just sort of walk away wow did this ever start laughing that's the worst one well i mean like you know there's a slap there's a laugh there's a walk away there's a get a better dick <laughs> you know I'm not going near that one or something like that <laughs> 
I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Hold on, let me get my bifocals on. I'll need them for reading. I mean, I think there is things you can do, but, like, you'd have to have some strong faith in whatever to, like, trust some dude to, like, doing surgery on your dink. Like, that's, you know, that's when you really know, like, do I really believe in this? Because I'd rather have, like, a functioning wiener than, like, some weird fucking Frankenstein thing because some dude fucked it up. Yeah, some monstrosity that just kind of lies there doesn't do anything and struggles for breath you know? yeah it's yeah, not yeah. Like, that's not what i want it's just like i no. i'm you know you'd rather have something that stands to attention when it's called for yeah. and behaves <laughs> yeah. most of the time i'm sure there's like a useful metaphor here anyway whatever look the point is this man what do you do do you do anything or are you just working from home riding your bike well what do i do work for a well i suppose you call it a commodity trader uh we specialize in a ore a mineral that's used to make high-grade stainless steel okay and the raw material comes is usually a byproduct of copper mining sourced from mines in Canada, America, South America. And it's brought over to, well, we use three different places. One's in the UK, one's in Belgium, and one's in the Netherlands, where the material is converted, as we would call it. It goes through a series of processes to refine it and get rid of impurities and stuff. And then eventually it's uh, delivered onto major steel plants all around the world where it's used to make these certain grades of stainless steel and my job is uh, basically involved from once it's come out of the ground through the conversion process to the end user, um, the transport logistics and everything else in between is uh, what I get involved with. Do you work at a computer? Yes, I'm sat in an office. Not right now, but yes, normally I'm sat in an office all day. Never been to any of the mines where it's uh, come from. Uh, only visited a few other places. Um, my boss and Phil colleagues, they've been around the world. Uh, my boss, who's the main trader, he's, well, apart from this year, he's usually all over the place dealing with customers and clients and everything. And I'm just sat at the office making sure things go from point A to point C through point B. It's always nice meeting all these people who have these uh, interesting jobs. We work in the stainless steel commodities transportation exactly. division exactly well the uh, the ore is called molybdenum it's another word when written down that people struggle to pronounce but, molybdenum uh, and you guys in England with your aluminium exactly yes aluminium darling alright but to be fair you know whenever people like make fun of people for pronouncing words wrong like it's spelt aluminum like there is no eum at the end like you know the way like you go aluminium as if there's like an extra vowel in there which there isn't yeah but it's the kind of the beautiful way of the English language. It can have a word written the same way, but pronounced three different ways. It completely changes its meaning, yet it's spelt the same. And lieutenant, you goofs with your lieutenant, and there's no fucking F in there. <laughs> yeah, well, guilty on that one. Yeah, because I, like, I watched so much like Doctor Who when I was young, and so mm. there was always these certain words that would like pop up. So I got used to it. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm used to a lot of these sort of Britishisms, I'll say. Mm. When all of the Cybermen got together and there was the Cyber Lieutenant, and they're all like, Lieutenant? So I'm like, Lieutenant? Like, what the fuck's a Lieutenant? And I thought it was different than a... I guess we also have Colonel, though. I don't know what's up with all these fucking, like, army names where they just, like, Colonel. Yeah, where's the O-U-R in that thing? It's an O and L. How does O-L suddenly turn into our, effectively? It's, uh... Yeah, and there's a fucking R sound. Like, I don't even... Colonel. Mm. Anyway, look, the point is this, all right? Words are confusing. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. the point, <laughs> I think. And don't go and have enlargement surgery uh, on your genitals. I think that's also the point, isn't it? Yeah. Well, at least until they can trust it. Maybe there's, like, some weird, like, uh, they can inject some stem cells in your nuts or something. Okay, so let's listen to a track. This is, uh, here's a cool song. Isn't that a band? Stem cells in your nuts. I'm sure that's a band. <laughs> 
well, this isn't stem cells in your nuts, but it's definitely something cool. This is Trevor Lentz. Uh, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club, The Fear Merchant, Dobrotech, Dalton Bell, and Replicant 69. So I hope you guys dig this. This is Trevor Lentz with Lonely Wanderer. <laughs> was Lonely Wanderer by Trevor Lentz. And that, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club. We got Trippy, Artificial, Betadine, and Philip back. So thanks so much for supporting the show. And uh, I'm back. We've been meeting the patrons of Beyond Synth, the people who make Beyond Synth possible with their very kind donations. And I'm here right now with the very kind Andy, a.k.a. Jimmy the Hutt, a.k.a. Stainless Steel James, a.k.a. 
Commodity Jones. Stainless Steel James, that sounds like some crap British TV show that was trying to compete with like Transformers or something. You know, like, you must come up with something straight away. I know, Stainless Steel James. Yes, he defends the monarchy against... Oh, dude, someone just sent me a link to, um, there was a robot show that was like a sitcom, but it had like a remote control robot. Right. On British TV. I I think it's like almost England's version of ALF or something, because it's like one of those like sentimental Mm. family sitcoms, but it has like a robot character. And the robot looks like he is fully remote controlled. Mm. I don't think it's a guy in a suit because the robot doesn't really do anything. It sort of just like talks. And its voice is so modulated that like I didn't even understand what it was saying. Metal Mickey. Hold on. Metal Mickey. Metal Mickey. When was that? Metal. Well, it's fucking. uh... It's probably. I'm going to claim ignorance and say it was before my time metal mickey uh is a fictional five foot tall robot as well as the name of a spin-off television show starring the same character the robot character was created controlled and voiced by johnny edward whoever that is the character of metal mickey first appeared on british television in the itv children's magazine show the saturday banana humphrey barkley saw mickey on jimmy savile's jim will fix it that's that's all aged well yes yes That's got to be something from the 70s then, hasn't it? Uh, Metal Mickey TV show. Here we go. The television show was created, uh, blah, blah, blah. It ran from 1980 to 1983. There you go. That finished four years before I was born. So there you go. The series was set in the home of an ordinary British family whose youngest child was a science boffin who had created Metal Mickey to help around the home. An ordinary British household where the son creates a robot butler, effectively. Yes, we're all like that, to be honest. We all have robot butlers. Someone's invented yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, because it is just remote controlled, so it doesn't really do too much. Because I mean, it's the same mm. tech that's probably in there that was in like there was a few characters on Doctor Who in the eighties who were remote controlled. Mm. And yeah, Doctor Who, the, the greatest instance of we're going to experience um, life beings from all over the universe, but they all sound strangely British. Yeah, they all have they're all very well spoken, apart from you know more recent series when people were allowed regional twangs to their voice. Yeah, which I would like to say they shouldn't be. I'm a I'm an elitist. <laughs> You're more British than I am, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like anytime I hear like some wacky accent in Doctor Who, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, it reminds me of one of the best things I ever heard uh, living where I do. I was sat in the office, window open, and you could people rustling around the town outside. And these two people came up to each other, and it is a uh, two women. One goes, oh, "Hello there. I haven't seen you since the last time." You know. And I tell you what, I burst out laughing. They're basically informing this person that the last time they saw them was the last time that they had seen them. <laughs> oh, I laughed a lot at that one. Well, that's the thing. Some people are really great at small talk because mm. I suck at small talk because to me it is empty nothing. Because, I mean, I, I come from a small town and so, like, I would always hear this stuff and there was always part of me that sort of resented it even though I appreciate that it's, it's good to be pleasant with people. But mm. I can never do, like, the, oh, how so-and-so? Oh, yeah. Talk to Susan over there down. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah Susan says, uh, you know, uh, Mikey's doing all right. And okay, like, I just can't do it. No, sometimes you have to be brutally honest in the fact that you just don't care. Yeah. So you're not going to ask because you don't care. So the idea that, like, the small talk has got to the point where it's so empty that it's, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you since the last time I've seen you. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's like the height of a useless interaction. Yeah. Because at least the weather, it's still sort of an acknowledgement of like, hey, you and me are in the same place right now. Now, and we're standing yeah. and we're observing our surroundings but to say something so useless is like just like it's like the pinnacle of like we could have just walked away yeah. and we all would have been better for it or you start off a new sentence by informing them of the time or something like that it's like you, you, you know actually why? that would be an awesome thing to do if that became the norm to like you walk past someone you know and like six o'clock and then just keep walking or if you just 
just to be just getting bored of someone just look at your watch and go 10 past three now better head up you know it's, yeah. it's a great way to just end a conversation with someone you just really don't want to talk to that's what i do they're just in the middle of a sentence and just tura yeah it was about half past four now so yeah should probably just end it <laughs> no i know it's just the way it's saying the west country way it reminds me of original star wars so obviously james Earl jones voiced darth vader but do you know the bloke who played him in the films the actual person in the suit did you know that david prowse is also the muscular man in clockwork orange he's also the green cross code man that taught us all how to cross the road safely the what yes <laughs> you can probably find those videos on youtube or somewhere but he is also the green cross code man the green cross code man it's something taught to kids here it was basically how to cross the road safely you know look left look right look left again and then green oh. cross code man yeah. like code like c-o-d-e yes yes david prowse <laughs> that's like go. the first thing that pops up. green cross code number one all right i'm looking at it now see i'll never cross the street in the same way again what he's in a spaceship these things are from the 70s or something so i never saw them this is amazing <laughs> he's got a spaceship like my set he's got like a green x on him yes yes he does maybe you need to give one of your turtles an outfit <laughs> this is awesome and if you needed someone with a West Country accent to try and do it, I'm sure I can force one on. Rename the turtle as your Green Cross code man. How you cross a street in space, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, you just pop up every now and then. All right, my darling. But, yeah, so obviously he was, uh, he was the guy behind Darth Vader. And the joke thing is he was also from the West Country. So he had an accent. And it was the kind of constant joke that if he was reading his lines during the film, how funny that must have been, you know. He's there talking to Carrie Fish at Stuff Home. It's like, you were a traitor with the Rebel Alliance. Oh, yeah. You can hear it. Like, they have some clips of those online. You can yeah. see. It just doesn't have the same effect, does it? You know, oh, the force is strong in this and, yeah. you know. I mean, <laughs> no, it is awesome. Those clips are amazing. To be fair, though, even in the original Star Wars, mm. even David Earl Jones's voice is kind of funny in the first one. I mean, it's still it's obviously better than David Prowse's, but like <laughs> he he does talk very fast. I don't know if maybe he was like trying to match the intonation because I know they. Yeah, I think when they did the special editions, I think they redid his dialogue. If I'm not mistaken, because he still speaks very quickly. Yeah. Like, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. Like, because in the other two movies, his voice is a lot deeper than it is in the first one. Mm. Anyway, whatever. That's it. <laughs> that was an exciting tangent, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you what's exciting, though, man, is listening to cool music. And I got one here from The Abyss. This is a track I really dig, and it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club. We're talking about Zayon B, Luke Timmermans, Tomas Shimanek, and Pooh in an Alleyway. That's right. And uh, I hope you dig this. This is The Abyss with From Below.
All right, that was The Abyss with From Below. That's a cool track, and it's uh, brought to you by my awesome patrons in the Triple Six Club. We got Lolshka, Ross Pentland, Joe Ozone, and we always like to end it off with the Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. And we've just been meeting the awesome patrons who make Beyond Synth possible. And I've been uh, I've been chatting with Jimmy the Hut, a.k.a. Andy, uh, Exercise Bike Magoo, uh, Summer House Jones. <laughs> I don't know what's great. I've got a lot, a lot of new names out now on my porn star role. I've got loads of different names to add now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so listen, we could probably wind this down. Is there something you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about? I don't know. I mean, we've covered, you know, um, <laughs> surgery to your genitals. Mm-hmm. It seems like we've had a, a rounded discussion, but I guess... On random ones, anyone's my you know my nickname is more point of obviously my uh, name, and then kind of being a more larger rotund gentleman, shall we say? So the nickname stuck, and I've kind of uh, lived with it ever since. But that's one of the reasons why I got this uh, exercise bike of mine during when the lockdown started to try and just kind of become a bit less Jabba the Hutt. Is it is it working? What kind of measurement system do you guys use over there in terms of weight? Do you use stone, kilos, or pounds? I mean, we are metric, so we I think all of our official documentation is kilograms, mm. but since I grew up with pounds, like, I, if I tell someone how much I weigh, like, if my friends are talking and we, if we're mm. talking about weight, we'll probably say it in pounds, just like we still do certain measurements in inches just because it sounds better than centimeters. <clears throat> well, I'll just do some quick calculations. In my job, I'm always converting stuff between pounds and kilos, so I know the calculation off the top of my head. Yeah, like if I if I weigh anything else, because to me metric makes way more sense. So anything else, I would measure centimeters, uh, millimeters, meters, whatever, and then weight. I would do kilograms. So if I buy food or something, like I would do it in kilograms and stuff. Mm. It's just when I weigh myself, I still look at the pounds number just because. I just it's a force of habit and and measuring height with feet as well yeah even though we if you look at my driver's license it says like in centimeters so it'll be like you're a hundred and I forget what it is 170 yeah see I that's a strange one over there you know is, is it still height and weight on the driving licenses because over here it's just really a bad picture of yourself and where you live there's no no uh, height or uh, weight or anything on our driving licenses. well there's no weight but it says height because weight, I mean, that's a funny one, right? Because it can fluctuate. Yeah. But like height, it says. I don't know what they do with that information, but it's just, it's there. It's a strange one, isn't it? But um, so far through listening to your show a lot, <laughs> to be honest, as I'm always listening to it when I'm on the bike. So there you go. You can imagine a heaving, sweaty me whilst doing the show, if you want to imagine that, you know. That's all I do. That's what powers me through the show. Well, that's good to know, to mm. be honest. But uh, lost 126 pounds. Whoa! Since when? Oh, about the start of this year. Really? Just before. Yeah, I was uh, very large, but being lucky in, weirdly, a silver lining of the lockdown is meant quieting down at work, but it means I can get in to work, get stuff done, finish it too get home get on my bike for an hour golf through a walk luckily live very much in the countryside and it's been uh not too bad not gonna say it's been easy hey man that's really impressive no like that's a lot of fucking weight dude like that's really good it's embarrassing at some points but uh i miss food i can't lie what I crave most is a chocolate hobnob, and I don't know if anyone outside of the UK will know what they are. Yeah, I know. When we talk about that here, we mean something else. Uh, it's basically a chocolate-covered biscuit, and I don't know why that's one of the things I crave most. But um, yeah, that's what I decided to do, especially when the lockdown started. I just thought, bollocks to it. Been uh, saying for years, yeah, I'll get to it eventually, as we're all guilty of doing that. And But you got to be feeling better. I mean, like that's a significant amount of weight to lose. Oh, 
yeah that's it's a huge amount of weight to uh shift it's funny because it never goes uniform so if you looked at me from chest up i kind of look a bit too thin but it's still kind of a mess in the mid area but um <laughs> yeah you don't really have a choice of like where it burns like I, th- I think intermittent fasting is like a thing that works yeah a lot of people seem to say that thing works but everyone bangs on about breakfast but i'll have a banana in the morning once i get to work but then i won't eat till lunch i just don't it's like also having three meals a day i don't know it just seems excessive sometimes but yeah i mean that's the thing like for me it's just it's the presence of snacks because i will just eat snacks if they're there yeah i stopped buying those at the start of the lockdown if you don't want to eat something don't buy it yeah because i'm lazy enough that if i go to the kitchen and there isn't a snack then i'll just sort of walk away Mm. so what i've been trying to do lately is just sort of i have like i have my sort of caffeine drink in the morning which is pretty sugary but it's also I don't really eat breakfast anymore, so I just... Because what I realized was, I thought it was, like, the caffeine that was kind of stressing me out, because sometimes I would have, like, anxiety. Yeah. But it's social media that does it. It's the combination of getting all wired from caffeine and then literally loading up, like, Twitter or Facebook first thing in the morning. It just gets you angry, doesn't it? Yeah. It's just... Or, or just anxiety stuff, because, like, people are so mm. fucking paranoid and crazy now, so it's like, mm. you know, you can't turn on Twitter without some sort of, like, conspiracy hashtag or something, and then it gets me all no. fucking wigged out. I saw a great one on the uh, local news here this morning. A woman in a shop got into a big argument with staff there because she didn't want to follow the one-way system around the shop. Sure. You know, it's quite simple. You go in one way, come out one way, and you follow signage through the thing. Mm. Very simple task, but she didn't want to do this. So she ended up absolutely flipping out and destroying the place, like bottles of wine and alcohol on the shelf. She just ripped them off and smashed them over the floor. And it's like... All you were asked to do was follow a one-way system. I know, dude. I, like, for me, it's like when I go into a store and there's arrows on the floor, it's like, whatever. Like, I don't sit there going like, oh, the New World Order wants me to walk through a store a certain way, or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just a fucking arrow on the floor. Like, shopping sucks yeah. anyways. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. Like, if I wasn't following an arrow, I would have followed my own internal stupid arrow. So I would have started, what? I would have started at the other side of the store. Like, that's fucking some huge impediment that I have to start at this side. Like, it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, most people don't enjoy shopping, especially food shopping. That You just want to get in there and get out. And sometimes having a one-way system means you get to everywhere you need to and you're just out. I mean, to be fair, no one really takes it that seriously here, like the one-way thing. Like, we do have lots of stores that have the arrows on the floor now that, you know, Mm. like, walk this way. And uh, no one's policing it. Like, it's just there. I had to resist breaking out into um, Aerosmith then when he said, walk this way. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, the only time I'll agree with it is sometimes, especially in one local stores here when they started putting the one-way system in, is whoever put the one-way system in didn't really look at the one-way system they were doing. And sometimes it just does not make any logical sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, who thought that you suddenly went up here to go around there? It means you're kind of you're doing a figure of eight, but the wrong way is. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> in the grand scale of things, it's not the biggest hardship, is it? So just nut up and get on with it. But yeah, easier said than done for some, I guess. I mean, yeah. And honestly, the past few years, w- when I started buying things off Amazon, and not that I like, you know, supporting huge fucking conglomerate whatever but like i love shopping on it so much more dude like sometimes it's just easier how many years of my life have i talked to people about how much i hate shopping Mm. and then finally like some system shows up that makes it so much easier where i don't have to fucking go outside and like yeah i actually really like that but then some people see it as some social thing my dad's like a really social guy so like he likes shopping because he always meets people like i don't meet anyone when i shop i have a frown on my face i'm not pleasant 
outside when I go like to the grocery store or whatever. <laughs> like people don't see me as a friendly looking person. Like I've yeah, I just scowl, get the stuff. Well, that's just because you don't want to be drawn into small talk and talking about the weather with them, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So put on an angry face and no one stops you. Yeah, people recognize me. Like, oh, you bought food the last time you bought food here. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, look, man, we got to go. Yes. <laughs> but it was it was nice to meet you, Jimmy the Hut. Yes, absolute pleasure to talk to you. And uh, and right before we hit record, you just informed me that you received your PlayStation 5 today, so you're uh, you're one of the lucky ones. I hope you enjoy your fast SSD load times. Yeah, I was just about to start playing on it and then I had to come record this. So, mm. you know, feel privileged, Andy. Feel privileged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the presence <laughs> of royalty here. I could tell as soon as I heard that accent that uh, Oh god, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Again, every British person you have on there is interesting. And my, oh, I just think they're just going to think, what posh twat is this? Uh, but that's me. I can't help that. No, nope. I also I can't help what other people think. But I will tell them that before they judge, remember that Jimmy the Hutt is a cool guy who is an awesome Beyond Synth supporter. And I, and I do uh, really appreciate your uh, your support a lot, man. It's, uh, it does uh, keep the lights on and it, uh, it makes me feel good inside. You're most welcome. And I hope you have a lovely day. Thanks, you too. And that was my chat with Jimmy the Hutt. So that was cool, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's Zen Fraser with the 586 and Tim Brawl with the 520. Now, listen, do you guys like drinking coffee? Because I got something for you. It's blacklightcoffee.net, all right? If you drink some delicious blacklightcoffee.net, you will get so much more work done. You'll be very, very productive because of that precious caffeine energy that's uh, great for you. And uh, listen... You don't need me to tell you that you love coffee because I know you do. Because sleep is for the weak. <laughs> and if you go to blacklightcoffee.net and you use the promo code BEYONDSYNTH, you can get 10% off. I told him, I said, listen, it is my goal to make one sale by June. And I think he actually did make a sale. <laughs> But hey, we got to make more sales, all right? So congratulations to whomever bought the Blacklight Coffee. And if you want to send me a review and say, Hey, Andy, I tried out Blacklight Coffee and it was all right, and give a testimonial, then uh, then that's the thing. Because I guess the deal is, right, you get 10% off, and I will technically, I believe I get a cut of the sale. So if this is the only sale I look forward to... <laughs> getting like 75 cents from the, from the Blacklight Coffee. Anyway, look, listen, blacklightcoffee.net. <laughs> Seriously, though, go get some coffee, all right? It's the best thing you'll ever do in your life. So let's listen to a track, and then we'll meet another awesome patron of Beyond Synth, all right? So here is one from another awe, as in A-W-E, another awe. And this is a cool track. Uh, it's brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $5 Club, awesome people like Alex Barshop, Neon Zone, Nishtajiva, and Harkaden. All right, this is Off Course by Another Awe.
All right, and that was another ah with the track Off Course. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. People like Christopher Hudson, The Naked Flame, Stephen Forster, and Captain Big Bucks. You guys are all awesome. And now let's uh, go chat with another patron. It's time to meet Alex Seligson. All right. Well, look, we are, you know, we've been meeting the awesome patrons of Beyond Synth, and I am here right now with awesome patron Alex Seligson. How's it going, man? It's going great, Andy. How are you doing? I'm all right. So I think I know nothing about you. You know nothing about me, and I know a little bit about you. Yeah. So let's turn the... Let's, let's change that. Yeah, let's turn the tables here. So what's uh, what, what do I got to know about Alex Seligson? Where, where do you live? What do you do? I live in the Northeast in Connecticut, Northeast United States in Connecticut, and I run a landscaping company. We're actually super busy now because I basically work by myself. So this whole quarantine, you know, social distancing thing, I'm already doing that. Right. Naturally. So I'm working by myself a lot, which affords me the luxury of listening to your podcast all the time. Mm, that's a luxury. Wait, so what is, uh, I mean, when you have like a business, but it's just you, like, do you ever have people help you on things or are you, are you always like a lone wolf Magoo? I'm usually a magoo who's a lone wolf. I don't know. <laughs> I usually stalk around people's houses by myself. Nice. Just wearing a hood, being really creepy. Yeah, yeah, man. I've seen I've seen a bunch of uh, advertisements for home security systems with guys like that. Exactly. Do you wear a hoodie on the job, Alex Seligson? I'm literally, I, I'm, I wear a hoodie. I'm wearing a hoodie right now. Nice. That's what I like to hear. I'm a big fan of hoodies. Wait, so business right now is the same? Like, you don't ever have, like, a helper that you had to be like don't come with me on the job kind of thing? Well, so I run most of the company, but there are other aspects of it that other guys are involved in, which I don't really have to deal with. They're really doing their best to stay away from each other. Guys are driving their cars to jobs and, and, and whatnot. But You said landscaping, right? Yes. Sometimes I get all these, these things confused because I don't really know anything. Landscaping is like lawn and, and tree and bushes and stuff, right? It is bushes. Yes. It's more so maintenance. So basically what I do is I'll estimate jobs for people and then I'll also do chemical applications, you know, like fertilizations and, and, and weed controls, pest controls, all that kind of stuff. What's your favorite kind of fertilizer? <sighs> Starter <laughs> fertilizer. Oh, isn't like nothing special? Oh, it's very special. It gets things going real quick and that's the way I like it. Is that a brand or is that just a type of fertilizer? It's just a type of fertilizer. There are three main parts of fertilizer. There's the nitrogen, phosphorus, and uh, the nitrogen really thing gets things growing if that, that that are already established. But the phosphorus that gets the roots growing, Ooh. and that's what you want with starter fertilizer. So that's what makes your job look better. So you show up to landscape, and then everything starts growing real nice. And then you take off, and then everything turns brown. Basically, <laughs> that's what happens. You just described it a week in the life of, of, of me. Yeah. What got you into landscape? Sure. Well, I went. To, I went to college. Nice. I took every elective that I could. I wanted to, to get a feel of what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. After a few years, they said, "Well, you can't take any more classes. You need to pick a major." Uh, and at the time, I was landscaping, so I just continued to do that. And then um, I moved up in the ranks in the company, and and now we're here. Wait. So, what other electives did you try? Geography, 
I actually liked geography, but it was like, what am I going to do with that? My professor at the time was like, oh, you could be a, a map maker. Mm. And I'm pretty sure they don't do that anymore. Yeah, I guess the satellites stole that job. Yeah. Like, aren't all the maps that you would ever need already made? How would you, what would you do? Yeah, I guess it is a, an unnecessary thing. Because, I mean, essentially a satellite image, like, you don't even need maps anymore, do you? Like, just satellite pictures and GPS and that's it. Yeah. Unless they hack into the system, man, and they put a row that goes nowhere and your computer doesn't know the difference and then you fucking drive off a cliff. I'm going to put on my tin hat right now. Yeah. That's <laughs> what they're going to do, man. It's all part of the plan. I've seen it. They want us to all drive off cliffs. You could move to the uh, the Midwest of the United States. It's very flat. No cliffs. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Do you have any cliffs in Connecticut? Oh, uh, no, no, I wouldn't say cliffs, no. Not really. There's hills and little valleys, but nothing you'd call a mountain. Well, there's no Mount Connecticut? Not that I know of. Hmm. I, I, I do know of one cliff. I know of one cliff. Cliff Clavin. <laughs> From Cheers. <laughs> Is that was that was that the uh, was it the post postal worker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen Cheers in a long time. Well, that's because it's been off the air for fucking <laughs> like quarter of a decade. <laughs> Actually, how long has it been off the air for? Because like the last episode was like in the mid nineties, right? Cheers TV show. Let's get this right. I have a funny suspicion the final episode was like ninety three or ninety four. Let's see. Uh, Cheers TV series nineteen eighty two to nineteen ninety three. There we go. Oh wow. Ted Danson played uh, Sam Malone. His jawline is just is tremendous. Yeah, he's got a big old head. So what do you do, man, when you're not fucking uh, landscaping? Man, well, uh, I got a flock of ducks that I tend to. What? They hang out in my backyard. I feed them, and I love them. Do you know that they're the same ducks? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're the same. I, I built a house for them and everything. Oh, cool. Yeah, and, and plus, I, I've fed them so much that they're so fat they can't fly away. They're domesticated ducks. They're not, they didn't just show up one day, and I was like, I'm going to take care of you. It was, uh, you know, it's a, they're, uh, they're livestock. Domesticated ducks? Yeah. Have you ever had a duck egg? No. You might think it's disgusting, but I think it's amazing. They're really good. They're really good for you also. How would you uh, differentiate a duck egg from an actual egg taste-wise? I have to use a word that I hate using, but the eggs are, they're, they're a lot bigger mm. and they're creamier. Okay. They're more creamy than, than chicken eggs. Interesting. Creamy duck egg. <laughs> Wait a sec. So wh- why did someone give you a bunch of ducks? Do you have a pond? No. I, I have a, a 200-gallon pond get it but it's not installed and i'm not going to be staying here for too much longer so Ooh. you know i didn't want to i didn't want to dig it dig out a big trench in the in the yard and, and throw this pond in there so, I see. so uh, you're gonna fly the coop with your ducks oh good one yes eventually within the next year or so yeah i see we're gonna get out of here why uh <laughs> I ask the hard-hitting questions here. This is this is turning into like some uh, investigative journalism. Why are you leaving, man? Themes seem pretty good. Well, the IRS is, is on to me. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They realize all those bags of fertilizer were just sacks of piss <laughs> that you've been collecting, and it's like, hey, man, it's got nitrates in it. No, it's, I got the the best Colombian fertilizer. Oh, look at you! Wink, wink. Yeah, I get it. Coke. No, we um, my girlfriend and I. Um, Ooh, we girlfriend. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite things. That, that what is it? I, I guess it's a trope of your show. And every time somebody talks about one of the, their lovers, they're like, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> 
That's because I'm not a very mature person. Man, tell me about it. I'm 40 years old, and I just I was just playing Skyrim. Well, so was I, buddy. But I'm 39, you old bastard. Look at you. Oh. You old bastard. That's a sobering sentence right there. Well, hey, man, <laughs> you can sit there and say, like, oh, I'm, I'm this old and I'm playing Skyrim. Remember, I'm making a uh, show where I speak to puppets in front of a uh, spaceship set. Just picture that. A 39-year-old just sitting at a desk with his scissors and craft paper making props for a... Literally, there's going to be a stand-up turtle that I made a tiny microphone for. I made him a little wig. I made him a little book. He's got a little little brick wall. I cut out each individual brick and painted it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, some, some people would say that that's, that's talent. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're making this something. I, I, I'm, I'm very excited for the next episode. Well, it's going to be very of stupid Andy, of Andy's spaceship. Yeah, but I tell you what, I tell you what, I'm excited for. I don't. I have no idea. It's oh. more music. What? what? <laughs> That's right. So let's listen to some. We got right. a track here from Sub Morphine. All right, and I hope you dig it. Do it up. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the five dollar club. Steve from the Matrix, Rar, Tetsuya Miwa, and Tron Javolta. So dig this. This is Submorphine with Oracle.
All right, that was Sub Morphine with the track Oracle. Yeah, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. We got Jeremy L. Corp, Techno Ben, King Koopazilla, and Arcade Eyes. And I am back with patron Alex Seligson. Of course, there's all these awesome people out there who support Beyond Synth. Keep the lights on on, in the studio and in the spaceship. And Alex is, of course, one of these awesome people who, uh, when he's not landscaping, is is busy plotting his escape. This is true. Wait, are you are you still staying in that state, or do you want to go to a different state? I cut you off before. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Uh, well, yeah, we're gonna be sticking around here. We both work in the area. My girlfriend runs a. She actually runs a COVID testing lab. Okay, so she can't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> she has to stick around. She works in a genetic. Like a genetic testing lab. Okay. Since, since you know the, the whole pandemic, they've pivoted to COVID testing. So she gets samples from all around the state. Oh, okay, so she's doing the analysis. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like she's not sticking Q-tips up people's noses. No. 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 Okay. She's, gotcha. Uh, gotcha. She's doing the work after that. Granted, she does like to stick things up my nose. Nice. She claims it's for science, but eh. well, as long as she's not shoving COVID up your nose, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> So um, we're going to be moving. We, we want basically want to get get a farm. If you couldn't tell from my, me having like ducks and it's crazy over here because it, it's a it's a very small property. So we need a lot more land for what we want to do. You want to eat those ducks? I, you know, I mm, I don't know because I love duck. Yeah, you know, duck meat's delicious. But at the same time, they do have unlike chickens, they have personalities a little bit. Mm. Granted, the males are, are kind of a nightmare. They're really terrible. Do they taste good? I'm sure they do, but you have to separate them from the females because they get very... Um can I say rapey? I mean, that is the term. Yeah. It's, it is a scientific term, so you got to use it. it. Yeah, see, what I would do then is I would uh, separate them from the females by killing them. Yeah. And then cooking them and then eating them. Eventually, I think that's where we're going to go with it. And then while you do that, <laughs> sing the DuckTales theme song. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, I talk tough, but, like, I would not be capable at all of killing an animal of that size. I would be completely useless if I had to, like, forage for food or, like, live out in the wilderness. Christ, if I was, like, homeless, I don't even think I could open a can by myself. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, before I started talking to you, I went down this stupid YouTube rabbit hole of watching videos on YouTube of homeless people getting makeovers. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. So they like they, they like like shave them and cut their hair and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an emotional watch, but then I also just think, ah, like this person's still crazy though, right? So like, it, it's nice they see themselves in the mirror and go like, oh wow, you know, like, and it's nice to see. But then you wonder, like, so did he just go back out on the street and was just crazy still? You know what I mean? Like, is there's there's more to solving people's issues than just uh, a shave and a haircut? Although it really does make a difference. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just the. The stigma that's associated with looking at a person who's all like haggard and crazy looking and then all of a sudden like when they're like cleaned up and wearing a suit it like it is a completely different vibe they give off. Oh, of course, yeah. And so that that aspect is interesting because maybe it would help them get their life together because they could see their, you know, the potential that was maybe hidden away under a scraggly beard. Well, and also you you could you would have to imagine that they weren't born into that, you know, homeless quote-unquote lifestyle, I guess. I'm sure they had a life before that. What I actually what I was also thinking about is uh, eating those ducks. Maybe you should like uh, mm. cook up some of that duck and send it to me in a vacuum sealed sack. You know, you could do that with jerky. Duck jerky. If I became interested in in jerky, <laughs> let me tell you, I'm very interested in jerky. <laughs> Not jerking it. Jerky. Oh, 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 never mind then. <laughs> 
Actually, speaking of jerking it, mm. uh, have you ever seen the reason? The, the reason we have to separate the boys from the girls is because they get really rapey. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever seen a duck penis before, but don't Google it. Don't Google it right now. What are you doing? I'm just kidding. I'm pretending to type. (laughs) I'm I'm still on YouTube, but I'm watching this thing where it's just a collection of all these Doctor Who cliffhangers. And so as I'm typing, it's just like shooting the needle around. I I didn't know YouTube had keyboard shortcuts. That's cool. The only time I ever watched YouTube is on my phone. I I don't think I've touched a computer in... in Weeks. Yeah, you had to get your wife's help to use your computer, or her computer, to uh, to talk to me. Yeah, well, yeah, girlfriend, but you know, you could say wife. That's fine. Is it we're wife? No. Well, then why would I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe you're right. Oh my god, I have a ring on my hand. Well, is it a wife? What? What's going on? Eat those ducks. I don't like you. You're you're playing mind games with me here. I don't know, I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah. Listen, we gotta listen to some more music. That's what we're gonna do. Then we'll fucking uh, we'll we'll reset this. And when we're done, I want to be eating some delicious duck meat. Here is a cool song. This is Neon Knox. All right. It's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the five dollar club. We got Jean Christophe Leconte, Chest Press Magoo, Kevin Taylor, and Robocock. And I hope you dig this. This is Neon Knox with backup data.
right, that was Backup Data by Neon Knox. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. We got Bogdan Crevo, William Dalfin, Anders Enger Jensen, Mr. Gimson, The Axle Effect, and Watch Out for Snakes. And I'm back, and we've just been uh, meeting awesome patrons, and I'm talking to one right now. His name is Alex Seligson. Hey, man. A star apart. Honeybeard. Tim Carlton and Johnny Five. Uh, I think in my head now, that's probably one from like months ago. <laughs> anyway, I don't have the list memorized. That's surprising. I mean, I, you go through that list pretty regularly. I got a real bad memory. It's like I, I. It's more like I go through when I see the list, then the tone of my voice is the same. Mm. So sometimes I feel like I have to shake things up by putting the intonation someplace else. I just know that it goes a star apart, Honeybeard. No, wait. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, whatever. Look, the point is this. Johnny Five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the plan then, man? You're going to do some more landscaping. You're going to move, get a farm, raise some ducks. Do you want to have, like, actual, like, livestock on this farm? Like cows and chickens and shit? That might be in the cards. We're definitely talking about horses. To eat? Oh, <laughs> no. Hey, man, is there something we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Do you ever listen to the show and go like, hey, man, why didn't they talk about this? Hmm. No. All right. <laughs> Makes my job easier. No, one, one thing I actually I, I didn't want to mention is how I got into listening to this, you know, to Synthwave. You know, back in the day, I was in a street performing group. What? In Boston. Yeah, I was, I was a street performer. What? Hmm? Like a... Music or some kind of performance art? Well, I wouldn't call it art. It was more so we were, we were three guys who dressed up in really tight shorts. Nice. And uh, we would go out and dance in the streets of Boston. For money? Eventually, yeah. We At first we did it, we, we were doing it for fun, but then people started paying us to promote restaurants and, and bars, and we would get paid to go to you know, corporate offices and you know, quote-unquote, morale boost. So basically, you know, we, we would go in and, and, and start a party. Did you wear shirts? We wore very tight neon green shirts, yeah. And uh, it was very 80s-themed. Like, we had we had some choreographed dance dances to uh, You Spin Me Right Round. We had a few goofy songs like that. What the fuck are you talking about? Wait, so, no, hold on. <laughs> Wait, so if, how does this connect to anything? So if you Google one, right, two, three, party... Like the numbers, th- or like write out the words, or do the numbers? Numbers. One, two, three, party. I'm going to hit enter now. There should be some videos. One, two, three, party, crash the Shuli kill regatta. Yep, that's one of them. But uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of, there's well, there's a few videos of us doing stupid stuff. So do you still do this, or are you done? Oh, no. <laughs> no, we're done. No, we uh, you know, we we got arrested, so yeah, it kind of threw a, a a monkey wrench in the in the gears, so to speak. I see. So which one are you? There's three guys. So there's different. Uh, there's a, there's a few iterations. <laughs> uh, it's like I the was, fucking blue man group. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was the second one. I was. We were called uh, Turbo Sonic and Fury. Did you crash a parade? Oh, no, we never crashed a parade, but we did. Did you emerge in Philadelphia? Nope. Were you at the regatta? No, we did emerge in th- from a dumpster during a uh, a newscast. Did you dance on Black Friday 2017? No, that was this was uh, back in 2007. Wait, what the hell is this? Is this a whole thing? Is this a thing you joined, like a cult? <laughs> 
Yeah. Because I'm looking at these one, two, three party videos, but the oldest one is five years. So so you're before that. Oh, yeah. That's that's strange. Like, who are these guys? So these guys in pause, do you even know these people? Who started one, two, three party? A uh, wonderful man named Mike Perlman. He's been the constant throughout uh, all the iterations. So he's like the old guy in the wiggle. Oh, you don't have kids. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if you have kids, you know about this group called the Wiggles who are like these four... People who do children's music, they're from, uh, are they from New Zealand or Australia? Hold on. Anyway, the point is that there's an old guy in there, and I guess the Wiggles also existed in like the 80s, and he was also in it then, and now it's like a whole different crew, but he's still there, so he's been like the guy keeping it alive. Nice. So yeah, so yeah, Mike Perlman is that guy from the Wiggles, the old guy from the Wiggles. Okay. The Wiggles. I actually have heard of that. I don't, I don't know Australian. Why. Well, they're stupid, but it's like a, there's like a redhead girl who dresses in like a bright yellow shirt. Then there's a guy in a bright red shirt and a bright blue shirt and a bright purple shirt. And they sing like, you know, typical children's music. They're huge. Like, it's huge. Do your kids listen to that a lot? And does it make you want to like blow your brains out? Yeah, but I want to find a one, two, three party that's got you in it. <laughs> <laughs> they got 36 subscribers. If you're on YouTube, I'm in the number three one two three party dance video. I'm getting all these really weird videos that are like super colorful, but like with like a female host. It's like a girl on like a bright colored background. Well, she's got a lot of uh, 32 million views. Jesus. So I keep scrolling down. I see all the ones that they posted. You mean go to the one two three channel? Oh, one two three party dance video number one. That's a good one. Are you in that? I'm not in that one, but it, that that's a really good one. Ah, dance video number two, taking it to the streets. Yep. That one? Probably the next one down, the number three. Ah, here we go. It's at nighttime? Yep, that's the one. The Fox 25 news reporter is real, and so is her cameraman. They were doing a late night expose on dumpster diving. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> the one, one of the other members of the, of the crew, he would go dumpster diving uh, and find all sorts of wild stuff that people would throw out. And uh, I guess they heard about it and they wanted to film a night in his, in the life of him. So which one are you? I am number one, Turbo. Is there numbers on you? Does a guy with long hair, is that you? No, that's the dumpster diving guy. <laughs> so basically what, what he did, they, they contacted him and he they didn't know what he looked like. So he made his friend pretend he was him. So that we could all hide in the dumpster. So, so he's an actual bum. This guy. Some would say so. Yeah, he's uh, he he's a, a very uh, eclectic, different kind of guy. All right, it's Joseph. What a so. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> but the whole reason I brought that up was because we had a select number of songs, and I was trying to find more music that was 80s based that was kind of silly and you know that, that that was back in 2007 2008 well you look like you're in shape well yeah i, I do okay <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your toned legs okay let's do that nice legs <laughs> <laughs> that's how i get the ladies hey there you go man well you got one yeah i, I snagged one excellent that's the best way to get them. Look, I want to listen to another track, and then we're going to say goodbye. Great. So this is, uh, what are we going to listen to? We're going to listen to Baldo Caster, all right? And it's a track that's brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $5 Club. We got Christian Micklebus, Josh Riley, Chris Williams, Andrew Chukas, Sven Bomanis, Joey and Kendra, and City Bat, all right? And you're going to dig this because it's cool. This is Traversal by Baldo Caster.
right, and that was Baldo Caster with the track Traversal, brought to you by my awesome patrons in the $5 Club. We got Christopher Albert, Star Nomad, Tim Ross, Neon Knox, hey, we just heard him earlier, Rob Dyson, Damian Rudies, Lee McConnell, Marco Crane and Donk, Daniel Dexius, Timothy Pierce, Dana Jean Phoenix, Simon Norberg, Roman, and Kai. And we've just been chatting with Alex Selickson, patron extraordinaire. It's been fun meeting patrons of Beyond Synth. They all have such interesting stories. Landscaping, dumpster hopping, dance party, duck owning, wife works in a lab. You summed it up. <laughs> That's it. Skyrim playing. Nailed it. You know what I found is that he, I've uh, started several new games of Skyrim in my life, and I always end up playing the exact same way, and I go in thinking that I'm going to play differently, like, oh, what would the experience be like if I played as an archer? And then partway through, I just end up becoming a traveling salesman again so I can get enough money and build my speech up so I can sell stolen goods to regular shop owners. And then I uh, get my crafting up by building 10,000 fucking iron daggers. And then I uh, make dragon armor. And then I just run around like really powerfully murdering people. I do that too. Yeah. I usually, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like a stealth archer. And then I just end up leveling up and say, yeah, screw this, and I just, you know, run and tank over everybody. Yeah, I'm more of like a, like, I like just mashing swords and stuff, so, like, I'll I'll try and be like, well, I'll be a wizard this time, and then I just end up, like, dual-blading fucking dragon swords and and then uh, going to shops and selling people stuff. I mean, if it works, it works. Hey, man. And, you know, if, if you're having a great time, do it. That has been my philosophy my entire life. Just do it. I came up with that phrase, and that's the phrase I live my life by. Just do it. I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. No, you haven't. You're hearing it now for the first time. Well, it's one of those things like, you know, when people say things that you just know is like correct and like it feels like something you've heard because it's so true. Wow. That is the truest thing I've heard in a while, Andy. Thank you. Yeah, man. Well, you know, uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect execution. Listen, man, it was nice to meet you. Thank you very much for supporting the show. I really do uh, appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Th- thanks for doing what you do. You know, like how there's that episode of The Simpsons where Homer isn't Mr. Plow anymore, but uh, Marge still gets him to put the plow jacket on when they have sex. <laughs> so it's like like this weird fantasy for her. So does your wife ever get you to put on this stupid one, two, three party green shirt thing in the shorts? No, not yet. But, uh... Well, time to, might, have time to, to, might have to introduce that. Hey, man. I, I come up with a lot of really great ideas to spice up people's love lives. I appreciate that. And I'm yeah. going to let you know how that goes, how that plays out. Yeah. Well, you know what's actually what's more powerful than words are pictures. They're worth a thousand. So send me some. Well, I mean, I could. we could just record it. I'll yeah. Well, it. Hell, a fucking video is worth a million words. I'll send you a great tape of that and then send you some duck jerky. See, look at this, man. You get it. That's all I ever wanted was a a video of some of my patrons having sex and some duck jerky in a bag. That's I like I if I told people that was my dream 15 years ago and it hasn't changed since and uh I got to go. This is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Listen man. Just do it, Andy. Have fun in Connecticut and I hope you get your farm. Maybe I'll talk to you before then anyways cuz if that's a few years away. Thanks, away, buddy. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep you updated. Thanks, man. Good luck to you. Thanks, buddy. You too. Keep up the great work.
All right, and that was the patron episode. We listened to a lot of songs, we met a lot of people, and I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. And now I got to get back to work because I got a lot of editing to do on other projects, all right? So I hope you all have a lovely week. Don't forget to check out blacklightcoffee.net. If you want to support Beyond Synth, of course, go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth like the awesome people we talked to today. And until next time, keep fit and have fun. Thanks for Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.